0: This is Rob Finoff from the Counter-Church podcast. Is You're recording now to the Mantic Universe podcast, the only podcast that has the balls to cover all their games. the Mantic Universe podcast and as ever I'm joined by my good friend Clem. Hello everybody. Yay, we're doing it Clem. Episode 7. Already? Wow. Yeah, I slowly but surely I'm starting to feel a lot less like we're going to hear this play back to us in a quarter of law, you know? <laughs> I'm starting to get slightly more comfortable recording ourselves rambling on you- about Mantic models
1: and you think that's a success i kind of uh,
0: classify this as a failure
1: we should escalate things a little bit
0: (laughs) absolutely so yeah welcome with us dear listeners so what do we have on the menu for today clem so we have uh so we'll give our introduction we'll go into mantic news The exciting news this week is we're going to be talking about Mantic's new Big Red Book, which is short to be uh, released soon. Uh, So that's very exciting. We're then doing our usual talking about our Warpath, Firefight, our Warpath, Dead Zone. We'll then talk about Panathor, any Kings of War stuff, all that good stuff. We're going to talk about our Salamanders project we've got going on. Uh, We're going to talk about Panalore which is us just rambling on about Mantic Law. We're going to go into listener questions. A topic of the month today is how to manage your collections, or not, spoiler alert. And then we'll wrap up the show, talk about next month a little bit, and uh, go to conclusions. There we go, Clem, another full episode, as always.
1: Yeah, it's super exciting to um, get this uh, big red book for Kings of War for this year, and uh, share our impressions, and uh, hopefully give you guys... uh, like interesting tidbits about the, the upcoming book. And uh, yeah, good episode. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Hey there, I'm Brian. And I'm Rick. From Dead Zone, the podcast. And you're listening to Mantic Universe Podcast.
1: For everything Mantic under the
0: sun. Oh, and Clem, before I forget, we had some feedback from the charming Steve Hildrew, who basically said sheesh, three hours. Who has time to listen to a podcast like this? Uh, but actually i love listening to massive long podcasts so i'm hoping some other people do as well
1: i mean it's uh it's like getting uh three kg cake no one says you have to eat all of it in one go but uh if you're <laughs> super hungry at least you have three kgs of cake and if you only and if you eat... don't
0: you've got more to more to eat tomorrow right
1: exactly yeah i, I mean that's uh that's how i see it um it's true, though, that I'm thankful that the hosting platform doesn't allow us uh, that much more than three hours. Otherwise, we would do five, six, seven hours, wouldn't we?
0: <laughs> we'll just take a quick nap, you know. We're still right. recording the podcast, you know, right. just sleeping in our chairs <laughs> and then, oh, right, we're back. <laughs> yes, like quite, po- quite possibly. So, Clem, let's move on to Mantic News. So, first things first... Mantic have just announced they're doing two boxes of D&D models. There's uh I think a wizard and a necromancer one. Uh and I just thought I'd mention that because that's a thing. That's a thing that's happened this month.
1: Yeah, that's uh the latest news. You have short-term memory. That's good. It's uh <laughs> that's what happens when you're still in your late 30s. <laughs> I've
0: got another couple of days of still in my days. Late 30s. Yeah. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, yeah, something like this. Yeah, I wanted to mention it. I had to. Anyway, yeah, those Wha- boxes are, pr- are pretty cool. Um, I think it's an interesting... Um, how you call it? Like, opening up a little bit to other customers. I think the most interesting aspect for me from those boxes is they explicitly say there are D&D rules for the stuff in there. Um, I was like, okay, so Mantic is now doing D&D stuff. I didn't know that. Um, but I think it's actually pretty smart because... When you think about okay who might start buying miniatures well anyone playing D with zero miniatures yet is a pretty good candidate and Plus, so
0: ball gamers and they've already kind of addressed that right
1: yeah and so with the war game division yeah yeah i think um i think that's a smart move um I, I don't think i will get those boxes myself um but i i like what they're doing there so yeah it's pretty pretty interesting
0: yeah, me too, buddy. Yeah, it's. I think it is interesting. It's a little. It's a little throwaway comment, but in terms of just looking at what Mantic's doing with the business.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, as, we, as we, we discussed it. Yeah, absolutely. As we discussed before, I think it's a vital thing for them to do. It's also good for us, uh, like their existing customers, that bring in more people into the hobby. Like doing demos is one thing, but also opening opening up to potentially new audiences. Uh, luring them in I think is very important and they I'm glad they're doing this Uh, let's just say that yeah yeah definitely
0: and again it's kind of luring fresh people in it's not just trying to lure GW people absolutely yeah
1: absolutely I mean they still do that as well right like they've made jokes about our dwarves are available whatever after the from what I understand the shitty rules even by their standards of the uh, what are the names the leagues of whatever League of
0: Voltan Yes, I hear there was a, a league, uh, so a tournament in Germany for forty k, and they've already banned them because they've said they're no, they're op. <sighs> yeah,
1: yeah. Playing. It's interesting. I've heard uh, stories about uh, they changed a bit how they review the rules and uh, like they didn't renew contracts for demo testers or uh, play testers and stuff. Like that. I don't know. Whatever. It's just there are still, the yeah. Hmm?
0: Importantly, they don't have any brokers.
1: Right. That's for a broker fan like you it's a big uh,
0: it's a it's a deal <laughs> it's a hard pass it's
1: a deal breaker
0: why even bother yeah
1: yeah anyway yeah and so what other news did we get from mantic i think a couple of weeks ago or something like this we uh we had a series of articles about um like quite a few things about kings of war like the they gave us a roadmap till the end of the year is that correct
0: yeah, that's exactly right. It's pretty exciting and it's really useful information that we're not always privy to. I think it's really smart to tell us. So yep. when it comes to kind of like planning our hobby for the next twelve months, we can kind of do that or the next six months or whatever. Yep. So I really like that because it lets you plan ahead and think, Well, actually, do I want to do, let's say, an Empire of Dust Army? That's the new one. What what else is coming down the pipeline? Yes. Um and what's coming makes a lot of sense, right? It's you know, building out existing ranges. Yep, absolutely with cool models. Yeah. Hot plastic ogres we knew were coming out. We've seen the sprues, they look cool and it seems like um, they've got the various different weapon options, right? So you could build yeah. boomers, you could build two handed weapons, you know, shield or you could do the warriors. Yeah. So that's yeah, Clem, that's cool, right?
1: I mean I completely agree with you. Having kind of an idea of okay, what's on the menu for the next three months? At any given time is interesting because uh, kind of keep, keeps you engaged with uh, what's coming up in the, in the pipeline. Also, have sort of an idea. Okay, for the next twelve months, or like the um, Twilight like King is the next army that will get a big uh, redo and so on. Uh, I think that's really that's really an interesting uh, info to have, and uh, it's a good. Uh, way to manage their customer and fan base i think and so i'm, I'm happy with that uh, i hope particularly
0: particularly given the fact that our, that army list is not in the big red book spoiler alert right,
1: right. so that's that's sure that's part of uh, like they probably had to tell something about that right like oops we forgot to put them in the book not but um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, I like the way they communicate. I think it's open, and in a way, it's genuine as well. Um, yeah. It's just I, I don't know. I like it. So yeah, what what other uh, news did they uh, give us? Like in the roadmap and and stuff. There's uh, mentions of an app, right? Um,
0: yeah. I'll just, Clem. I'll just quickly mention. So we've got models to come. We know that there's going to be a Salamander slasher model, Clan Lord, and Fire Drake. Uh, We've got the Orc Chariot models coming and, interestingly, the EOD Sandborn Worm Riders, which sounds really cool. Um, But, yeah, sorry, Clint, go back to the app, yeah.
1: You know, we don't know that much about it, right? It's uh, supposedly a companion app. Uh, I think I've heard Brony mention, maybe, that it would also be useful for tournaments.
0: Tournament, Uh, yeah. Planning and building, I've heard. him. Yeah, I I think I saw the same video as you, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm... Interested? Let's uh, let's say it like that. I hope they never switch to app-only stuff because uh, these things die out and uh, then you can't use it. Like once they stop supporting it. But if it's a companion that you don't have to use, I think it's really interesting. Um, I hope it's it's done professionally enough that uh, it can be used. Right? Like it's not just a super frustrating UI or something like this. But uh, yeah, let's say I'm neutral positive on this, and uh, waiting to see what they what they manage to do uh, with it.
0: It and sounds ambitious, Clem. It makes me a little bit nervous
1: how ambitious it sounds. Yeah, I mean, if they truly believe that adds some value, maybe they invested some um, some money in this and. Um, uh, outsourced uh, development or something cool for this? Who knows? I mean, they can do it in a smart way that isn't too expensive. So, yeah, let's see. Let's see. And it, it's big for the end of the year, so uh, there's not that much to to wait until we know a bit more. What's uh, what's going to come up uh, from this?
0: And Clem, how do we think this is going to impact Easy Army, Mantic Easy Army? Do we think the two will run side by side?
1: I think so. I think. I think, it I, think I think. Isn't that what is not that they said that? Um, it will uh, not replace Easy Army. Um, at least that's what I heard. Uh, if they plan to replace Easy Army, well, then fine, I guess. Uh, it's a bit too bad because I <laughs> bought my all in gear subscription that renewed not long ago. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, then if they want to replace it, they, it kind of puts a bit more pressure on the app to really, really work. Right? Like,. Um, it's quite important to have a, a um, list building tool that really just is flawless. Uh, and for me, having Easy Army is a big part of why I like Mantic games. Like, in particular for Kings of War, the fact that any army that you create there with uh, Easy Army, um, uh, you you get uh, like two pages and you get everything just there. I just love it. I yeah, think it too. makes a massive massive difference uh, to other games or. Even to Battlescribe, right? Like, for all of the other game systems that I play, or even for Kings of War when you make a list with Battlescribe and you generate the outputs, then you get nine pages. It's like, great, thank you, and my it's printer loves you. horribly
0: presented and ugly and <clears throat> confusing. It's just not yep. clean and clear as Easy yeah, Army. I,
1: yeah. I mean, it is, I think, extremely important to not screw that up, and so if they really want to replace Easy Army with the app, then I sure hope they did their homework on making yeah. it super nice to use and really work for when you're playing your game and so on. But let's see. It's a lot.
0: I wonder if, because all I know about the guy who makes Mantic Easy, I mean, he's called Greg. That's literally all I know. Um, <clears throat> right. But, I mean, possibly one, just speculating wildly, I have absolutely zero insider knowledge as ever. But, um, you know, who knows? Maybe they hired Greg to to create the
1: new app. Who knows? maybe I mean it's um, slightly different to do Easy Army and to do an app to some extent some things are a bit similar but maybe maybe who knows mm. uh, it's mm. a, who knows it's, it's a good point yeah. I mean I think Greg is I'm not sure that's a guy who's doing that full time because there's not that much work I would say like it's definitely something I would see someone do on their free time yeah um, and uh, they also supports other game systems and Mantic stuff so who knows? Who knows? Interesting, interesting questions. But yeah, um, yeah and um, of all the new stuff coming up, is there anything that you plan to get your your hands onto, or like w- which model are you getting out of, out of all of this?
0: Ah, so I'm. I will get. We'll. I guess we're going to get onto it when we talk about the big group. Or maybe we talk about it now. I will be getting a. Um, a Twilight Kin Army, a
1: Mantic Twilight
0: Kin Army, when it comes out.
1: So I think me too, but I meant more in the short-term stuff, like it's the <laughs> yeah. thing that's the
0: Um So actually, one thing we haven't mentioned was what I'm calling Stormgate, right? So oh f- yeah, we, yeah. So we've seen teased the new Storm Giant for the Riftforge Orcs I've been super positive about it going yeah I'm definitely going to get one when it come, when it's released right then it came up for pre-order Clem and it came up at 80 euros right and the very first thing I did was message you and go what 80 euros yeah um, and then you were smart enough to basically say hey I'm actually going to ask the question
1: yeah know, because wait Facebook wait group. I mean just as a reference point the basically nightstalker very similar kit is 55 right so it's not just 80 euros Ooh, that's a lot of money it's also wait a second a very similar model like the same giant plastic base plus uh, resin uh, add-ons to customize it to a specific faction was 55 euros a few months ago and now the next one is 80 like that must be a mistake right like, you,
0: you make a great point Clem right rather than me just going oh that's too expensive you're actually you know thinking about this logically and comparing it to something that actually exists um but and it's and let's be honest claire most of the kit is the same the you know it's the same pvc legs and body right you've got you know i think a slightly different torso definitely the arms and head are different but 80 euros my goodness and you got a response almost immediately back from somebody at mantic saying oh yeah really sorry that was a, that was a mistake you're right and they've they've put the price down
1: yeah on the mantic uh, website i don't know for distributors if it's uh, let me double check right now if it was updated because the um, you know stuff that was on pre-order uh, wasn't uh, storm giant on on my usual store. Do I find it someplace? Oh, I need to type it differently. I don't know, because I... Of course, the Mantic website, they updated it right away. But nope. Fantasywelt.de. Uh, not sponsored or anything. That's just my usual when I want something quickly. That is not on stock on my local store. That's where I go. They still expect it end of October for 80 euros, minus 14%. Anyway, so yeah, Mantic needs to push down the information that the price has changed also to the distributors.
0: And possibly even refund people. I mean, I I guess they haven't had to pay anything yet, but yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so that was... uh, You're right, it was a bit of a surprised... uh, Oh, that model looks cool, but wait, what? That's a bit... uh, I mean, I, I can understand that the prices go up a little bit. You know, like uh, inflation in Germany is ten percent at yeah. the moment, so that's insane. Um, but but
0: I, and and again, Clem, that's a that's a reason why the price would have gone up, right? But on the other hand, obviously, gaming is a luxury hobby. Um, and you know, at a time when we're all having to pay, you know, ten percent more for every, everyday essentials, it's not a great time to be hiking the price of we'll a model up thirty-five euros. Yeah,
1: but I mean, yeah. Also, it's it's like yeah. it's not ten percent; it's forty-five percent, right? Yeah. That that's, yeah. The, that's yeah. the main difference. Like, if they said, okay, now it's not fifty-five; it's sixty or sixty-five, yeah. I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, that that also got up, but it's like, okay, I guess. Well, that's how it is. But I anyway. don't even know if I
0: want to ask the question, Clem. But do we, do we think it was a mistake? Do we honestly think someone re- miskeyed that, or do we think that was? Uh, who knows? I, I, I don't knows? know. I,
1: I'm, I'm uh, always optimistic and positive person, so definitely a mistake. I don't know. But I, I, I yeah. So, I hope so. Uh,
0: for me, this was this was an auto buy, pretty much. And then all the, the stress of thinking about this at €80 Euros and all the rest of it, even though it's now gone down to what I would have expe- honestly expected it to cost, actually, it's really bled my enthusiasm out. Because then suddenly I'm thinking, well, I only have two Mantic Giants, which are, you know, 65% the same kit. I don't actually have a Giant in my Riff for Jorks list now. Yeah. So, you know, like, I'll, I'll sit on it, I think.
1: I mean... Yeah. I mean well, I do I, have two giants as well, right? I have a normal giant for my goblins and I have a um, Shadow Hulk for my Night Stalkers that never made yeah. it to any of my lists. But the model is cool. Mm. I, I really like the model.
0: Yeah, that is really cool. Um, yeah, I think what I'll do is I'll kind of occasionally I get the train into Frankfurt and there's a there's a nice um, big shop that's got yeah, some pretty good um, hmm. Kings of War selection in there. And I sometimes just wander in and impulse buy stuff. They actually have the prices at higher than retail. I got a couple of uh, Riff Forge Orcs Heroes in there, and they actually cost more than, than Matic Charge, only by a couple of euros, but still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I suspect at some point I will just wander in there and spontaneously buy that giant, the Storm Giant. But right. um, that has kind of bled my enthusiasm for it but it's still i still think it's a cool
1: model yeah yeah there you go so that's probably a good way to look at it and uh, keep it for an impulse buy at some point later yeah i think the um, the last uh also big news i don't think uh, we mentioned it before we didn't know about it before is the they announced the next starter set as well right like ogres versus eod Right. Uh, we don't know when it will be available, I think it might be on pre-order along the um, the augers in November right? That would make sense I suppose um, and the Big Red Book will be also in that starter which I think is pretty nice um, yeah, so we don't know yet exactly what is inside this starter, like uh, for the augurs and for the EOD which actual screws and and heroes or like elite troops will be included, but those starter sets are always amazing, amazing value. Um, and uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I will get one of those as well. Um, yeah, uh, uh, EOD is not that much my jam army-wise, but augurs uh, I have some already. Um, but so yeah, just it's a good excuse to uh, to 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 get these uh, these guys. So yeah, pretty, pretty exciting stuff, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I was seriously thinking about it and I was already trying to swap your... EOD, half of that box box for some ogres, for some of my ogres potentially thinking maybe i do, do yep. an EOD army. Um, because it, when you, if you think about it, I think the book is, you know, the new book we're just about to review, dear listener, is good value. But those books, you know, you think, well, that's maybe 40 euros, 45 euros. I may as well spend another 50-odd euros and get two small armies. And I was thinking, well, I could actually even just play those for ambush, you know, like have them as demo armies. Right. Um, but they're not—they're not particularly two armies I've really thought about. When, before I did my Salamanders, I was seriously thinking about doing the EOD,
1: uh, mm. but then I got Salamanders, so yeah, I'll, I'll have to have th- think about that. Yeah, let's see when the content of the this box is announced, and then um, we can we uh, can think about what we do. Um, f- what I've done for my Night Stalkers, for example, is get two halves, uh, two Night Stalkers halves. And usually that's, uh, I think, a really good way to start an army. Like if you get twice the half um, the content from one army from those starter boxes, you, inferior set for that army. So yeah, I think finding a friend that also wants to get the box or convincing a friend to get that box and split it, um, like get twice each uh, the armies, uh, is a good way to, to go about it.
0: Which was what I was asking
1: you, buddy. I know, I know. Got I, I'm not, I've not got? Under- I got these extra ogres. I'm not decided on a person yet but we'll see uh, we'll see when it comes out but the thing is I don't know how many how many more ogres I need so maybe we'll swap oh, that and I'll, oh, I'll sell the buddy, ogres buddy we don't need
0: we don't need any of this right <laughs> right it's not the word it's want
1: I mean yeah it's just uh, I think ogres now I have one mega army in two army boxes already of the uh, old school uh, ogres now we can say that so anyway anyway let's see i think
0: the problem will be though is like if you get some of the new ogres it's going to be like you know when you 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 know you've got like dirty windows you clean one window and then you just notice how dirty the other windows are and you're like oh damn it i've got to clean the other ones too now so you know when you've got these fancy new hard plastic models uh, although having said that i think the rest it ogres actually look decent they're
1: cool models yeah i like them yeah yeah the legs are small but i like them anyway let's uh i'll assemble one and put it next to the rest of the army and see how they look um but yeah that's an interesting thing nice
0: should we but yeah uh, should we just move? the just okay. the value proposition right of that box is just tempting me you know and thinking well if i'm spending nearly 50 euros on the book
1: yeah of course um, you know, no just question. chucking
0: in another 50 euros and then i've got two starter armies yeah claim i think we have to stop stalling and talk about <coughs> the, the big, big red, red book. book the big red review yeah yes so first thing i think we have to say is mantic kindly provided us a free pdf copy of the big red book so i think we have to be put that on the line is we i think we're both planning on buying paper copies of this because we both like having paper things yes um but we do have to say this was supplied by mantic i mean the only reason clem we do the podcast is we love mantic stuff um uh, but i i still like to think for better or for worse we will offer up our honest opinions um i think from the the conversation we just had about the storm giant i think that's clear that you know, we're not going to go. Oh yeah, the eighty euros for a store giant—that's great. That's a great deal. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we are honest. Uh, to to you know, yeah, for the most part.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're fanatics and uh, honest about it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it was honestly it was a good surprise because uh, when you asked me initially, oh let's uh, let's do a podcast, I was like yeah why not? We'll have three people listen to it. You know, it's going to be fun. Uh, and um, in a way that now we get uh, uh, advanced review copy of the book is like oh that's a that's a nice perk for for this.
0: There's uh, actually perks to do to putting all this time yeah. into making a podcast. Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly, buddy, exactly. Yeah. So let's just quickly mention the fact that the Twilight kin are not in this book, Clem, and let's explain that to our dear listeners.
1: Yeah, I mean they. They posted articles about it on the blog, right? And uh, Rony also talked about it. Um, so yes, Twilight like King is not in the in the, in this book. First, maybe we should say everything else is in the book. Like there's no more um, uncharted empires, and uh, there's no more. Uh, uh, you have a separate uh, Clash of King book, and then the old let's say old rule book, and. Um, or you also have the Clash of King twenty twenty two because if you play Rift Rift Forge Orcs, well that's where the list is. Uh, they they've thrown all of that out of the window and put everything in the book except Twilight uh, King,
0: uh, Halpies Rift as well, right? Sorry, just what? To mention it. So they hmm? they also put the Halpies Rift book in there as well. So everything's in there, right? Um. Yeah.
1: In a way, yes, yeah. It's not directly the you stuff, but in a way, yes, they they yeah. integrated everything. Like this book is the basically the big tome with everything you need, except the fluff. But that's a topic for later. Uh, <laughs> and let's get back to Twilight King. So yeah, Twilight King. They said they will release sometime later this year. I guess next spring or something. Did they even mention anything? I don't think so. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, yeah. I don't think so.
1: And so yeah, and so the list. The current list will still be available online like on online list builders uh and then when they come up with the new models and new lists and new everything they will take all that stuff down and at least they don't take anyone by surprise like no one will start a tk army now and uh, in three months or six months be like what's going on with my army it's kind of like yeah i think the counter podcast mentioned it's kind of a lose-lose situation like the way they do it, people complain. But if they had done it any other way, people have complained more. And so I think they're doing it the right way. Long is my long story short.
0: Pl- Can you explain to our dear listener why they've taken out of the book, the new book?
1: But, so they will revisit the whole concept of Twilight King, from what I understand, and uh, really mentify it. Uh, let's say, like, um, and we don't exactly know to what extent, but. Already today, Twilight like King are not like the Dark Elves classic trope. Not that much. Like they're slightly different. So and I think they
0: started off in Kings of War. Basically, they were just the Dark Elves from Games Workshop, right? Fantasy Battle. Yeah,
1: game, and then Games at some Workshop. Point in other, they became yeah.
0: something else.
1: Yeah, yeah. Slowly, they're trying to push them a bit in their own IP, and I think that's exactly what they should be doing, as we discussed uh, plenty of times on the podcast. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, it means they can really create their own story, their own taste for it. Uh, If you look at it from a very utilitarian perspective, if they have their own thing, then there's no proxy anymore, right? Until someone creates proxies for them. But then at that point, why would you buy proxies if you can just buy the real deal? Exactly. so, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I mean, I love the art that they've published uh, for the, tri- the upcoming Twilight King. So I haven't seen a single model yet. I don't know what the rules will be, but I, I'm 99% sure I'll make a Twilight King army when it comes out. It's just exactly what I want to see in Kings of War. I used to play Dark Elves in uh, a fantasy battle 15, 20 years ago, whatever, um so yeah just no question for me it's uh you, bring it you on. love that glass cannon kind of style as well right Glenn? absolutely that's my play style but even before i knew that like 20 years ago i had no idea what i was doing gaming wise right like i never really finished an army when i was a teenager it's just i love the look of those models i don't know like i, I, I dark elves are my jam no matter how yeah. you look uh, look at it. That's my thing, and so yeah, I will get them.
0: Did I tell you, Clem? They they were my fi- first army, really, in in um, third edition when I started playing Kings of War. Um, I, I did, did a Northern Alliance army first, um, and then I was just listening to other podcasts and things, and I just thought the Twilight King sounded awesome, so I got a load of old um, Rune Wars models. And just right. made a, made an army. But they were, I think, for the first like two, maybe two tournaments I went to, they were the army I took. I've never actually taken my Northern Alliance to a tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, two regiments of Abyssal Horsemen, uh, two troops of Gargoyles, Impalers for days. Yeah, it, really, nice. it was really fun. It's a really, really fun, it's like high risk, high reward kind of a play style. Yep. got absolutely smashed by some Night Stalkers repeatedly, but.
1: Yeah, so it is.
0: Yeah, but it's just a really, really interesting play style it's very technical you have to be very precise um, but when you actually win it's it's really satisfying yeah so i'm oh, I'm, s- I'm also very excited about this
1: yeah so. um so what else on the big book maybe overall impressions i don't know what what are your overall impressions first this? Uh, overall impressions so
0: in terms of what this is to us as gamers so I really, really like the fact... So we're at, we're not at fourth edition yet, but we're at edition, what, 3.5, something like that. There have been a number of books. There have been a number of FAQs. I'm really, really happy that they've put all of this in one place and kind of cleaned things up. So just that alone, actually, for me, I would buy this because, for me, that's really helpful. And, uh, you know, I find it stressful if I know the book I have is not completely up to date. Well, now it is. But they have added cool stuff to it as well. One thing I wanted to mention, claim, is that what's interesting is they've taken. Well, I suppose it's sort of more like the gamers edition. They they don't have the fluff in this. They don't have the backstory stuff. But what they do have is a QR code to take you to the Mantic website. What do you think about that? As a designer, think, you know, as a choice.
1: I think it's interesting. So I have several thoughts about the 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 this fluff aspect. For me, the only downside of this book is that it's 300 pages, and I, I'm waiting to see it in the flesh, so to speak, um, and make sure that uh, I won't be too much of a penny ass who carried around two games. Although it's i they've taken the fluff out, yeah. No, no, but <laughs> uh, so, uh, of course, like with the fluff, it would have been a 700 pages book or, or 600 pages book, and then that would have been too much. End of the question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it had to be something like this one way or another. I think um, i I agree with you also like this is not fourth edition at all, but this is consolidated third edition, which for me is better. Like I really like that they took everything that was out there for third edition, put it in one place that was uh, reviewed and revisited and cleaned up. Uh, like, the rules themselves, like, the rules section is now so much better with tons of diagrams of uh, charges, situations, and all the stuff. Like, they really did some work there. And for me, it's amazing because this is stuff that we've been talking about, and I think that the community has been talking about as well. And they listened, and that's what they did. How You amazing talked about that. this on the podcast, right, Clem? Yeah, so we talked about in the podcast, but also in Fanatics, there were discussions like, hey, I don't understand this situation. Can someone draw a picture about it? And hey, here's my drawing. What happens then? Blah, blah, blah. Now this... I mean, I'm not saying that every single situation is covered in the book, but they've added a ton of diagrams to the book and it goes in the same um, direction as... Yeah, they consolidated third edition um, quite a lot and I love this. So now to get back on your fluff question... Um, yeah, they had to split it to a different book or different resource. I like that it's online um, because then it's available to anyone who wants to have a look at it. Uh, like the link that the QR code sends you to is not active yet on the website. Like I checked and you get a, a page doesn't exist yet. But I'm sure it will go up end of October uh, when the book is out. Um, I like it. I think... They could have gone slightly further and do like, fire fight and dead zone, and split this book in two. Because then you would have had uh, let's say 100 and something pages rule book, and um, 150 200 pages faction book. I think that would have been interesting, like you know to. But then I don't know because it still means you always carry both books anyway, so I'm I'm torn. What I'm saying with this is, you have to admit it's cool to see also like tons of cool pictures, uh, you know, of models and and with the stories and the fluff. And there are cool pictures in the Big Red Book. Uh, I, I've seen quite a few when I was going through it, like this cool art, cool model pictures and so on. Uh, so, although I'm not a big fluff person. In a way, I like sometimes to um, go through like cool pictures and cool stories. So I hope they put really, let's say, a lot of stuff on the website and a lot of stuff about the fluff. And uh, yeah, it's better to not have it carried around in the book. Because let's be honest, when you go someplace to play a game, this is not when you want to have a look at pictures or read stories or be inspired by the universe. Um... And in a way, when you read about all of this, you don't need to have 200 pages of army lists, right? Like, you want to read stories, you want to see models. You don't give a shit about statistics, I think. like. Uh, I
0: think I think as well, Mantic have just been listening to their customers a bit more, right? Because most people that play Kings of War play it as a competitive game. And, you know, if you just kind of forced to lug an even more massive book around that you know you only look in half of it i mean you know if you're going to a tournament that you're going to a game how often would you need to look in the lore, in the law book
1: yeah you know, no that's uh, that's completely section. right that's absolutely right i'd rather they removed 50 pages of lore from the rule book and add 50 pages of uh, diagrams of how charges work i mean hopefully the, you don't need 50 pages to explain that but you see what i mean right yeah uh, I mean, if I'm if I'm
0: completely honest, if I were doing fourth edition Kings of War, we you know we talked previously about things we'd like to see different. You know, I'd like to see you know armies put into different buckets other than good, bad, neutral. You know, we talked about right. this at length. Right. I would use that as an excuse to completely reset the law because the the law, the Kings of War law, is, is totally fine, but it's totally unexceptional it's there's nothing wrong with it there's there's cool bits and pieces but you know if you've read tolkien if you've read you know let's be honest fantasy battles lore if you've read many other things you know there's nothing in the kings of war lord that's going to surprise you you know the elves are doing stuff with magic one guy makes a terrible mistake with this magic mirror and it, it sounds an awful lot like the webways and you know it it's all it's fine but it all feels like it was very much mapped on other existing things and you know fantasy tends to be like that right yeah that's you know Tolkien tends to be the, you know the granddaddy of all this stuff um, it's not bad fiction at all um, but it's it's all so familiar anyway I'm repeating myself now and we're getting off topic so um, but yeah
1: <laughs> I, yeah I'm not sure if they need to reset the fluff I think again like if you get back to the Twilight King stuff I think the way they do it is sort of smart like I have some of a very very basic even if it's a bit shallow foundation and then tackle one army at a time and be like okay what do we want to do with the Twilight King now and then develop this stuff um, but this is
0: exactly the, what I'm thinking of buddy it's like this idea that we're doing this is our vision this is like the, we're mantifying stuff Yep. what what is mantix twilight kin not you know what was the old warhammer fantasy one let's just reset and restart and do exactly what our vision is so we can do something that's a little bit different it's not so easy to proxy models in it's you know there's something interesting in un- you and a little bit unique there you know
1: Yeah, yeah yeah no i agree so are we are we saying we expect to see a good novel about Twilight King along the model releases? That that's what we hope.
0: That would be great, wouldn't it? They tried it a little bit with the EOD. You know, there was the Breath of the Desert, the free yeah three part story, um, and that was interesting, particularly because obviously they were fighting Yogas, and then only later did we find out Yogas yeah. were in the two player box set. So yeah, be interesting. Yep. Yeah. I definitely think they want to pull all this stuff together.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a good point.
0: I know with you know well, I'm you know, I'm no expert, but when it comes to publishing I know that the, things can be chopped and changed on a whim, you know, it may not be necessarily the easiest thing in the world to get a novel out at a specific month or whatever, but yeah. I think that would be
1: the aim at least. Yeah, it takes uh it takes a lot of planning and there's a lot of work, like it doesn't it's not just about writing it. There's also a lot of uh, editing and a lot of work in it that goes into making it. But I, I think they're doing they're doing the work in that direction. So let's see with the release uh, what we get, and it'll uh, be really exciting. Should we um, move on to like I think another big piece, big exciting piece for the big red book is the ambush rules, right? Hmm. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So, so I'm really excited about this. So. A lot of people like Clem just think, well, it's your game, do what you like with it. Whereas I sort of need to be told a little bit more. No, no, you're allowed, you know, you're allowed to play smaller games with Kings of War. It's okay. That's a thing you can do. So I think Clem would be totally fine playing smaller games anyway. Whereas I like the idea, oh, it's called Ambush. So they've made, basically what they've done is they've made some very, very... Um, easy modifications to list building. They've made some very easy and light modifications to the existing scenarios. Um, and basically, it's, you know, Kings of War on a 3x3 three three board going up to, I think it's 995 points. You could play more, yeah. It's going to be really super interesting. So I think, you know, I'm already thinking, well, you know, there's Northern Alliance units that I never take um you know kind of um, skirmisher type units that hey i think it maybe in a troop would be really interesting in in
1: uh, ambush yeah so i, I agree this it is it's true they i think they put some work into it as well like it's not just oh you're allowed to do this what you already were doing they added a few things to it and i i guess it was also play tested a little bit uh, to make it work properly um and so there aren't that many changes, but those changes are smart, from what I understand of it, and I I really think it will create a different, slightly different and exciting gaming experience, which I think is really cool. Like even if you already have a twenty three hundred point army, I'm sure if you play an ambush game with those models, at the like smaller size, it will be a slightly different experience, and I think it's a really cool thing. Um, So yeah, it will let people get started with a bit less models and a smaller army. And I see it already in the club, right? Like talking to people, they're like, oh, Kings of War. Yeah, it sounds great. But man, that's so scary. Like 100 models, like I, I will never be able to do that. And even, you know, like close hobby friends who I repeatedly say here's how you can paint model fast and here's how you can do it and look like I've done a full army last week and all this stuff and still people are still kind of afraid for, from it like I I, I tend to think just, there's no convincing them so much whereas when they see ambush they're like oh yeah oh yeah ambush yeah I can do that like that's a couple, manageable yeah. yeah that's manageable a couple troops two regiments a hero and uh, and, a, and, and a monster yeah sure yeah that that's that I can do, you know what I mean. And once they've done that, pushing it to twenty-three hundred points might not be that much uh, of a stretch anymore, right? Like it's a reasonable first step in a way, and I think that that could make a big difference for a lot of people. So definitely, definitely, ambush for me is the big thing in this book. I mean, I love the overall ideas. As, as we mentioned, like it's a compendium with everything, blah blah blah. It's consolidated. But Ambush is the sexy, for me at least, it is the sexy new thing that's coming up for 2023. Um, yeah. So
0: I don't think it solves it, but I think it goes a long way to addressing the biggest problem Kings of War had, and that's getting new players in. Because as you say, Clem, getting even hobby people to do a full 2300 point army a lot of people are put off with that, you know, rightly or wrongly and, and as you said Clem, and we said many times actually if you know kind of a few tips and tricks and I can show you it's actually not that big a di- of a deal um, but I know a lot of people who I try to get into the game and they never make it past doing their first unit yep. which is such a shame because I feel like actually once you've done one unit you go okay well that was a lot easier than I thought it would be and actually do you know what that was really fun to do yeah. Um, so I think this is a really nice way to do it. Something we've talked about previously, Clem, is obviously the ten millimeter or the fifteen millimeter. Right. The reason I don't like that is is it concerns me a little. Split the community and Mantic don't make models for that. So I feel like it's it's not quite the same, but it's a similar thing. You know, you'll you probably be able to play it on an IKEA table, yeah, you know, in your kitchen or whatever. Um, From so, that perspective, yes. I think it's smart. It's you know, it's a simple, it's it, you know, it's a simple, elegant solution to one of, or not quite solution, but it, boy does it help one of their biggest problems with the game.
1: Yep, yeah, I, I entirely agree. So, for ten millimeter, like half scale Kings of War, I think it's kind of a thing of on its own. Um, I think it's a mistake that Mantic does nothing at all for it because it really, really, really works well. Uh, like, the Kings of War rules are perfect for this scale and this scale is perfect for Kings of War rules. Like, they both go so well together. I'm honestly sad that they don't say okay, we don't really have models for that yet but if you want to play half scale here's a two-page PDF that tells you this is how officially you do it and that kind of doesn't split the community too much, right? Because... All the people that I know that have a 10mm um, Kings of War army also have a 28mm um, scale army. And the other thing is, I'm sure many people who are scared of do- doing their first Mantic army, like the first Kings of War army, sorry, um, they also didn't really get a good taste of the game. And it's maybe a bit hard to get motivated to you know do the effort of building an army. But once you see how great the rules are, how fun it is to play Kings of War game! I think you get a lot more motivated to build your second and third and fourth army.
0: At least and it's super addictive. It's re- it's an addictive thing.
1: Yeah. So but my point is: I'm certain if you let people very easily do a ten millimeter army, and they play the game and they see how cool it is. Then they will definitely look at oh I also want a 28 millimeter army because then I can go play a tournament I can play with more people this awesome awesome game that I now love from like an actual experience of playing it I don't know I'm completely biased of obviously I hope so.
0: yeah I hope so I mean we're getting off topic absolutely I, mean, so- I know I know guys in Wiesbaden who play in small scale and they have no intention of playing a 28 mil
1: Kings um, of War do they play Kings of War Kings of War
0: yeah Kings of War yeah yeah
1: yeah. I don't
0: know if they're in any way typical but
1: yeah know. I don't know anyway uh,
0: yeah. let's, let's move it on so to.
1: Is, just to get back to Ambush I, I hope we will see Ambush played at events as well um, I mean I definitely want to org- like next gaming day that organize there will be Ambush games like, that's not even a question for me. Um, I For demo games, I think it will also be a very good uh, resource. Uh, you know, I like do demo games with ambush rules, and then immediately see, okay, I could be playing that game with that little amount of models and so on. And uh, yeah, and also, like, you know, the, the articles that I've been doing for the, the small blog that we have like the um, get started with an army, like a practical guide. Obviously, ambush army lists. I will update all of that stuff uh, with it. So yeah, for me, ambush, big massive novelty for a big red book, and I super super happy it's in there. Looking forward to playing my first ambush game, hopefully soon.
0: I hope it goes into Easy Army as well.
1: That's a good point. That's mm. a very good point. Because the army building lists is different like that's the key aspect is the only difference in a way right like everything else in rules stays the same that's a very good point i hope they do maybe it's in the app who knows
0: but i, I mean i'm really looking forward to us playing a game of this yep. this month Clem.
1: should we say I'm a bit really more sh- like on a very practical level what ambush is I think sure. everyone, everyone knows already what we've been saying so far, right? So how does ambush work? Uh, from what I remember, you can take troops, you can take regiments, um, as many as you want of, of, of them. Uh, hordes and legions are forbidden. Um, I think there's about
0: a 200-point limit so things depending on the size to be cheaper than yes yeah, yeah. depending, depending on, on the size that's depending
1: right. on the size yes. nothing can cost more than 200 points or 250 points uh, magical items included uh, for unlocks um, every troop and every regiment unlocks one irregular stuff unless uh, they have
0: the fly keyword I think
1: no uh, everything that flies is irregular exactly yeah so yeah. it's not that's what I meant yeah Um, So that's the other thing. And you cannot get duplicates of Heroes, Monsters, Titans, War Machines. Right? Mm -hmm. And you can get, if I remember correctly, it's up to three of them. Like three Monsters, Titans, War Machines in your list. And Mm -hmm. that's it, isn't it? I think think that's that's pretty much it, buddy. Yeah. And obviously the, the table is slightly smaller, deployment three is still three. yeah, yeah it's 3 by 3 so deployment is still 12 inches from the center line uh, so your deployment zone is slightly smaller but you have less stuff to put in there no legion, no horde so it should be fine um, the scenarios are ad- adjusted to the table size obviously like dominate is 9 inches instead of 12 um, invade works as it is um, control is uh, four squares instead of only uh, of, of six, like kind of stuff. makes
0: perfect sense, right? Yeah, so sense. fewer uh, tokens, if there are tokens, absolutely,
1: yeah. yeah. So as we said, like there's really not much to it, right? I could just describe it in what two minutes, maybe yeah. I forgot something, but I really think it still does a huge difference to how the game is actually played and um, how easy easily you can get into it. So super super exciting and uh, guys start making ambush rules what about like you go to a big tournament and you play two 2300 point games and two ambush games right how cool would that be like you have to bring two lists to a tournament
0: that would be really cool buddy see what i mean super cool yeah that would be super cool because i was kind of thinking about uh, people could play it on friday night before but actually i really like that idea that's cool
1: hmm yeah why make it just as a side event i think or or like so i i think they also mentioned um to play it on the clock is isn't it in the in the in the book um yeah clocks clocks of war they called
0: it right so you get depending how many points you've got you get a certain number of minutes and you get less time as the game goes on basically
1: yeah so if you play three games in a row. First game, you get 30 minutes, second game, 25, and third game, 20 minutes. Is that right? Is that what they said? I thought it was um,
0: the different rounds you get less time, but maybe I'm wrong. Mm, well, rounds of the tournament.
1: Like your, uh, your, your clock. There you go. Okay. You, you, mis- I misunderstood your clock, that then. I guess, right? Your clock doesn't reset uh, between rounds of the game. So I think it's game. Like for me, the way I understood it is you go a Saturday afternoon to an event, you play three games. First game, you have 30 minutes on the clock. Second one, 25 minutes on the clock because you know your army a bit better. And third game, 20 minutes on the clock. That's what I understood from it. So,
0: I'm sure we're allowed to read this out, right? Ambush Games present the opportunity for experienced tournament organisers and clubs to try out a special tournament format known as Clocks of War. In a Clocks of War tournament, the time allotted for each game decreases. Yeah, there you go, Clem, you're right. As rounds progress, ramping up the pressure. Uh, Yeah, I'm seeing words like rounds and thinking, yeah. Anyway, when coupled with ambush games, uh, a three-round clocks-of-war tournament can be completed in just a couple of hours using the following guidelines to structure each round, all times are per player. So round one is three minutes for every 100 points. So you're exactly right, Clem. Round two is two and a half minutes for every 100 points, and round three is two minutes for every 100 points. That's it. Interesting that's it thus in a thousand point tournament the first game would last half an hour the
1: second would last 25 minutes and the final game would last just 20 minutes there you go awesome so in a five game event one of those five games is actually a clocks of war event boom
0: that sounds really cool do you see what so I mean I mean Yeah, totally. I mean, this weekend, for example, Clem, is the UK GT, right? So we'll probably do a little section on that next month to to, to maybe talk about how that went. But uh, obviously we're not not attending. But, you know, we played, what when we went uh, last year or the year before, was there a day we had four games of full 2,300 points, Kings of War? That's a lot of Kings of War. That's a lot of brain work in a Only three. It's only three, but still a lot. Two of those games were, were Ambush. It would make such a difference, right? With or without clocks of war.
1: Yeah, I think yeah you can have um, a slightly faster game and um, maybe less brain juice. I don't know, I'm not sure. I want to see how it actually feels on the table. But, I also uh, feel
0: like it's going to be a different skill and maybe different armies will be better yes. in ambush. You know, so maybe some armies are really, you know, have a really good time playing two thousand three hundred
1: points. Yep. Yeah but
0: I'm sure there's maybe they're not so good at smaller levels
1: yeah I'm sure there's a there's a format there like to do a hybrid uh, ambush plus normal size game uh, like tournament or event and play some of the some of the some of your games with ambush rolls some of your games with full size army and kind of pushes you to build your army list in a different way you know what I mean like if yeah, if definitely. you're 2,300 points, I'm really point excited
0: list, about this. Now you're talking about it. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah,
1: I think there are cool stuff that you could do. I, and I'm not even talking about a narrative event, right? Because in the narrative event, when you play like a smaller ambush kind of scenario, like a uh, fast game, like who gets to choose the side of the table for the 2,300 point? Well, we don't roll a dice. We play ambush game. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Or like, who yeah. goes first?
0: I, there's no reason it'll work any any worse for, for competitive play than Kings of War. You know, full fat Kings of War does. Like, uh, yeah, I don't it's think really so. Great for tournaments.
1: Yeah. So again, really looking forward to it, guys. Start making lists for ambush and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's bring in new people to play Kings of War with this great new tool. Was also, also my takeaway from it.
0: Yeah, completely. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, and we've got a few other things we still haven't talked about about the new book. Crime. Yeah, yeah. And the...
1: that's... Go for it, buddy. Go for it. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, there are three more things, right? One is legendary games, so super large games, siege mm-hmm. uh, rules, and then obviously the, the army lists themselves. So let's start with legendary games, maybe. Um, so... What are legendary games? They've described it already a little bit. It's um, games with 3,000 points or more. Um, and so, again, they updated, that uh, give you um, guidelines or scenarios, but nothing groundbreaking there. The really cool stuff for legendary games, from my perspective at least, is um, there are quite a few pages overall, right, for legendary games. Yeah, uh, there are. Because they, uh, there's a big table of additional spells that you can get. And it reminds me of the outpiece Rifts um, campaign uh, stuff. Remember where you could play on, let's say, the Earth plane or whatever it was. Or like the, the Ethereal plane. And on that plane you can buy special artifacts for your army. Well, that, that didn't special make spells, it. Special spells, yeah. But, and then special spells. Like each round of the game, you roll a dice for... Uh, um, Spellcaster t- uh, tiers, I think, I don't remember exactly. And then it tells you this round, well, you can get this bonus on one of your units, or you can cast this spell or stuff like this. And so this made it uh, into Legendary Games, and I didn't review the how many spell options are there, like 40, 50, whatever. Like, it's a lot of stuff that you can plan ahead before the game. My impression is it really brings an, an element of epic game. Like you, you get huge armies but also massive spells. Um, and if it's like Halpist uh, Rift, um, it doesn't entirely change the balance of the game. Like Alpis Rift, for me at least, didn't completely destroy, oh, that's a game I love that is balanced and it's fun to play. But it gives a small additional taste um and i i really enjoy that and so i'm happy to see it come back with a vengeance like with a lot more options uh for legendary games um, yeah
0: massive games sp- you know powerful units incredibly swingy spells really really you know powerful stuff and again it's all stuff we've been kind of asking for for kings of war right
1: yeah yeah because it makes for memorable games right like uh it's not just like, oh, it was super on the edge, like super balanced, like super competitiveness. Like, oh no, like we spent a whole Saturday afternoon with 8,000 points per t- per side on a 12 by 4 table and there was a huge spell or whatever, like big, big magic stuff happening. And also in Legendary Games, they, uh, they uh, gave us rules to create our own monsters. So... If you have any model that doesn't really exist in the rules yet, well, you can create rules for it, and you get uh, points for it. Um, I guess if you play that with a nasty mindset, you can probably create an awful, awful monster that no one wants to play against, right? Which, I think, is just not how you should use those, but at least if you if you want to create something new and cool uh, for a big game, that then now you have the tools to do it. That's... Uh, that's quite new, and that's quite exciting as well. Um.
0: What's really interesting as well is to create these rare monsters ourselves. And I think it's great this is in here. right? I think this is so incredibly fun. As you say, Clem, it's totally exploitable. But um, if somebody does that, you know, like, uh, thank you very much, uh, get out of my house, you know, yeah. <laughs> You know, they're not coming back. Yeah. Um, but what's super interesting is it's giving us basically, I guess this is what the uh, rules committee use for creating, um, you know, units in the game and pointing them
1: yeah the baseline
0: yeah probably yeah 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 exactly yeah exactly so that's super interesting and the other thing clem i don't know if you read there's something called colossal titans right yes um, i did which yeah. is just ridiculous you know if you want to have godzilla in your game sure do that and then just put him on a suitable size base and it's very much to that kind of early gw do it yourself it's your you know we, we're giving you some stuff to play a game but yeah, just go away and have fun, right? Just just have fun with it. And and I, I really love that. I think it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how it actually works, right? Like when you have a, let's say a 5000 points per side battle and obviously like pretty large armies and then you put a dragon that is like nerve 35 37 25 attacks or something like this, right? Because that's the kind of colossal monsters that they mention. Um so yeah
0: yeah but it's i mean it's definitely going to kill something every turn unless you double one but um it's going to kill something every turn but it can only kill one thing every turn if that makes sense sure
1: yeah no but not just this but also yeah i think it's it's an interesting new way to play the game and i'm curious about it right like it kind of makes me want to kind of makes me want to plan a saturday uh with a couple of friends and be like okay let's now take the 2300 point list let's make 4000 point lists and uh, see I, I see think what we have do.
0: to do it at some point Clem to be honest the only difficulty we've got is we're just so far away from each other so actually right. physically getting the models uh, but other than that to be honest this is this is you know this would be really fun yeah you know, I, I and think there's a couple of players aside so it makes it you know, yep. a little bit easier. You know, a couple of people rolling all the dice, moving the models and stuff. Yeah, I just think it would be such a fun day, wouldn't it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's like you said. Like you, you love double games, right? Now, let's not make it one thousand plus one thousand. Let's make it twenty five plus twenty five, and on a twelve by four, and uh, and that's it, right? That's that's legendary games for you right there
0: and the other thing i was kind of thinking clem as well was like well we haven't talked about this yet there's also siege rules in the book right so that
1: that was the next thing
0: one massive army with colossals and you know godzilla and you know just just huge monsters attacking a castle you know like wow that'd be cool and you could even do that well what if two armies are attacking the castle at the same time and right you you could just have i mean it could go all horribly horribly wrong but if you've got players with the right... You know, we're just here to have fun, right? Yeah. It just sounds like such a funny day to me. You know, it just sounds like great fun.
1: Yeah, I think those those two things are... So Siege, we can say more about in a second. But those two things, for me, are other ways to play the game. Right? So yeah. Ambush is one. But, but Ambush, I think you can really play competitively. And it's, in a way, the closest to what we already know of how to play Kings of War and legger- legendary, legendary games and siege games are more on the narrative side of things obviously because it's not that balanced necessarily but that's not the point uh, yeah. and these things for me are also quite smart to add to the game because what do you think about when you think mass battle like fantasy mass battle well obviously it's the largest army you can think of storming the gates of a castle right or legendary armies in the humongous monster like uh, uh, swiping aside like uh, cavalry or um, infantry like all the epic movies that that you can see and stuff like this
0: the Battle of Minas Terrace yeah Tirith all the stuff yeah right exactly this
1: is what you think about when you think massive mass uh, battle games like in fantasy environment and so adding those uh, gameplay modes to so to speak to to the rules um, to give the option I think it's cool. I mean, it's, I think it's interesting for all, especially for old players, um, not necessarily getting old, but you know what I mean, like players who have already several armies, who played quite a few standard games. Well, now we can spend a Saturday afternoon or even a full weekend uh, doing those kind of games. And so I think it's interesting that they put it out there in the book uh, for us to have fun with and, and try it out.
0: It's super exciting and it leans into, you know, one of Kings of of War's great strengths is just how beautiful it looks on the table. You know, these beautiful, like, ranked-up armies. And it's just taking that and turning it up to 11. Absolutely, yes. And just, you know, if we went and played this with, like, crazy big monsters and, you know, I've actually got a castle set, we can use the castle set and just had all this on the table, people are just going to come over and go, what are you guys doing? And, of course, with the Kings of War rule set... It's, it's clean and clear. Right. You know, there, there are other fantasy battle rule sets which are very, very crunchy. There's lots of looking things up in tables. Right. There's lots of having to do maths. In your, it, Kings of War does away with all of that. Yeah. So I think you really can still have a fun time and not get bogged down right. by doing these absolutely crazy adventures on the table that we're always going to remember, you know? I think it's yeah. so exciting.
1: I agree. I mean, for other systems of stuff, like I have memories of it took you all Saturday plus late in the evening to play three rounds of it and your brain would explode. At least maybe, I was just stupid as a teenager. I don't know. And so obviously you couldn't make an even larger game because it was just impossible to handle. Whereas Kings of War, well, it works pretty well in a couple of hours for a standard game. So if you have all Saturday uh, or all weekend to spend on it, then yes, you can do a very, very large game. And I think that's really nice. Um,
0: it feels like there's really something for everybody in this book but it also feels like all of these things are for me I'm interested in all of these things to varying degrees but I'm still really interested yeah
1: I, I agree I think it's uh, like th- these three new ways to play the game I think are really well done and really smart I, obviously I want to try it out and see um, does that really work but from reading it, it it's it gave me the impression that They seriously worked on it in a way. Like, it it doesn't feel like, oh, you know, we had two hours and we wanted to add a few pages, and so that's what we did. No, it really, for me, when I read it, it felt like a work of love in a way. You know, like, okay, this is something we want to add to the game. And uh, like the siege rule, for example, right? We haven't said much about it. There are Mm. so many pages. Like, it's not just, oh, yeah, you can just change deployment a little bit and then. Put some impassable terrain that is castle walls and that's it, right? Like Yeah,
0: so there's basically two setup options for how the castle is configured to start with, right? So you can pick, you know, do you want a line all the way down the table or is the castle kind of in a, in a square shape? Um, but what really impresses me is the fact that all of these castle rules, it's all terminology and rules that is already familiar to us as a Kings of War player. Yep. they fit these rules rules into the existing rule set. We don't have you know all this crazy new rules that somehow changes the game. This is still going to feel like a game of Kings of War.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of stuff in there to digest, and I didn't play a game of it, so it's yeah, it's really hard to give uh, experience um, feedback from it. Like I, I hope we could hear about it from playtesters or, or or stuff like this. But I, I agreed, like, it really gave me an impression. This is a Kings of War game that has something added on top of it that makes sense and that will work well with it. And, yeah, really exciting to try it out. I guess it's also not something that you just do in a casual way, have a couple hours or, well, not a casual, but, you know, like a, an evening game or something, like let's set up everything for the siege. It's probably more a Saturday afternoon kind of endeavor. But it's super exciting to think about it.
0: Super exciting. And the other thing we should probably say is both the attacker and defender can purchase equipment. Oh, yeah. Tons of it. Which costs points, right? And there's loads of it. So yeah. it goes from really obvious things to, you know, sturdier walls, to tower artillery, to wall traps. But also it's really cool stuff. Like you can have secret tunnels going under the the fortifications so you can attack the attackers from behind. But you can have an enchanted castle, you can have a living castle, you can have a damned obelisk. So obviously as you're building your castle, you can make it super themey. So if you've got an Empire of Dust army and you want an Empire of Dust castle, you're going to go for the damned obelisk. And obviously you're going to model your castle or buy your castle model to fit that theme. And it's just, hey, this is really cool, you know, I mean, really cool.
1: Did you see the huge table that tells you for every army what kind of equipment they're kind of allowed to have? When I saw yes, it, it was exactly. like, "Well, that's impressive, right?" Like, there's like all the all the army lists uh, vertically, and all the equipment. It's like a twenty-something by fifteen table, right? Like uh, with a yes or no in each uh, each um, um, square. And uh, it really gave me the impression, oh, they they really thought a lot about it, like, to make it super thematic and really customize your army list and your castle and, like, your offensive or defensive siege equipment. Uh, Yeah, just, yeah, just gave me uh, kind of a boost of motivation to, I kind of want to take one of the armies that I already have and kind of is on the shelf and I haven't played so much like the forces of the abyss for example because I have so many of them and play a huge battle with them like how cool is that if uh, these guys kind of try to assault a castle right it's it's just it's just a new new way to play models that I already have and I'm like okay well I think playing them competitively I mean I still suck at it but I've done it for one year and now yeah they can go on the shelf until something really dramatically changes with them Otherwise, which will probably never happen. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I'll kind of be on the shelf and look cool and I'll play them maybe once in a while to lend armies to friends. Whereas now, with Siege, I'm like, oh yeah, demons will storm the castle for sure. You see what I mean?
0: Isn't that totally the point of the new book? It's just completely refreshed your... Excitement and your interest in one of the armies you already have, right? It's yeah, shaping absolutely. Up.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. That that's 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 completely true. Um, so, Clem, we talked about the thematic
0: castles rule table, right? So, I'm going to give you a little quiz. There's one army that can have all of the possible upgrades, and I want you to tell me what it is. This is going to make great radio. <laughs>
1: Um, the augurs, because uh, they're mercenary, they can do anything
0: ah, oh, you're in the right kind of yeah, you're in the right kind of sphere it's the kingdoms of men
1: the armies that you want dead <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah kingdoms of men, you can do whatever you want, you can do, you know you can do a fortress of flame, you can do a sacred stronghold, you can do cursed walls, you can do shrouded in darkness Kingdoms of Men, anything goes. You do whatever you like.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kingdoms of the Men are kind of like the we can do anything and everything, model-wise, and yeah, they so they, they that makes in the sense. Game,
0: is what you're saying, right, Clem?
1: No, yeah. I think I, <laughs> I thought more about it. I think I think it's we're again digressing pretty hard. I, I my latest impression is it would be a mistake to remove them entirely. Um, I hope they kind of make their own at some point, but I. Sh-
0: but well, that's but is that anyway. not what Basalia was supposed to be? What? Wasn't that what Basalia was supposed to be?
1: Not really, right? Aunt Basilio I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a different topic. Kind of. Let's let's get back to it another time. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, As we enjoy go we enjoy, going, we enjoy a digression and we enjoy very much going around in circles.
1: Right. I think um, the the other other thing that we haven't done at all yet, and that actual people, actual players, are interested in, is list changes. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean. Obviously, I did not spend three days going through every single entry in the book to compare to the existing entries, and I don't think you have either, right? Oh,
0: definitely not.
1: Yeah, and also, even if uh, we love the game and we play several armies, we suck at it, and so I did not find like the big uh, new revelation, like this army is going to be the... The, the, the new hotness, the OP... 2023 That like, obviously we are the wrong people if you were expecting this kind of information my impression uh, though from looking at it is there aren't that many changes right like it's pretty much what we already had consolidated and improved slightly here and there like I've looked at the Night Stalker lists because Night Stalkers were my army for 2022 and also I think we can reasonably say they were a very loved and competitively played army, like, didn't they win masters? I think they did, didn't they mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, so I was expecting to see tons of changes in night soccer, right
0: and people people that know what they're talking about say they are the strongest army at the moment, I think
1: might be true, yeah, and so I, I looked at it and it was like. I don't see a single change. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, you looked at it, it was like, okay, Oh, I'm sure Soul Flayers will now be more expensive or, you know, lose Wind Blast or it will be Wind Blast uh, less than what it is now. It's like four or whatever. or be Wind Blast 2 or something. or uh, Not a single change. Soul Flayers are exactly the same. Uh, it took me, go- like, literally opening... The, the review PDF and Easy Army and go through every single entry one at a time to find changes. And you know what, ch- what changed for Night Stalkers? They just uh, removed some attacks on the Scarecrows. For example, the Horde had 30 attacks, I think, and now it has 25. And it's also slightly cheaper. I don't remember, like 125 points instead of 130. Maybe, including that from memory so i'm i'm probably wrong about it so not a big change um, and the other unit that had a similar treatment is the reapers which okay uh, sound of i don't know rack like removing attacks to the reapers for me is a bit disappointing I, I would have preferred to have them slightly more expensive with still the same amount of attacks but yeah and honestly Maybe I'm just I'm just bad at it at reading, but those are the only two changes that I saw in the nice docker list. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've just I've done exactly what you've done, right, Clem? It's like I'm going to have a look at the stuff the armies I play, right? So I've looked through Northern Alliance. I can't see any changes. I might be wrong, but I I don't think there's anything that's changed
1: there. Probably a few Um, points here. So yeah, I I, I thought oh, the Logan Frostfang obviously will be more expensive. Nope, I don't think it is. Nope. Yeah. No, no, it's exactly the same.
0: Um, the Icekin Bolt Hunters—they're now 190 points for the regiment. That may have gone up slightly, but I, I honestly don't know.
1: I don't you remember. Know. Yeah, I mean we don't, don't know remember. the game so well mm. to, uh, to these. Uh, yeah.
0: I could have looked that up in in my printed book, but I haven't. Yeah, the printed uh, but, book, yeah, or the, maybe that's not a... correct. So yeah. Mm. So um, that's. Oh, what, I can't see any one
1: sorry, that I. Buddy, go sorry, for it. one one that I saw is the Gladestalkers The Glade Stalkers, from what I. Again, I had a quick look at it. Exactly the same, but plus ten points for the regiment. Is that some? I think that's it. Oh, plus fifteen. Ten points. or fifteen? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's one of the units that everyone is saying. Rob, when he came on our show on episode three, um, he was saying that they're too good. They needed needed to go up in points. So, and also and they a lot did. Of these things like a lot of these things I think it's really easy to kind of overnerf something you know something may be slightly too good but obviously in a perfect world everything is viable right, that's, right. The, that's what we're aiming for and I think it would be tempting to kind of nerf a unit in a couple of different ways and then maybe do it a little bit too much and then the unit is never seen on the table and that's obviously not great either yeah um so you know maybe putting them up by 15 points or whatever it was maybe that makes it makes the difference but still there they're still a good unit you know
1: yeah i think it does make a difference right like if you had four of those in your list before well that's a lot of points um,
0: yeah, yeah. Suddenly, you're having to drop a unit, or you know, yeah, some yeah, you very have to expensive magical item.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah you have to make yeah. a real change. Um, yeah. The other thing that I've noticed, so formations, from what I could see, they're still there, still the same formations as uh, last year. I didn't notice any big change or point increase or anything, or decrease. Um, it's just I think there were a few FAQ entries, like Ereta's entries for the, the formations um, that I'm sure have been applied to it. So your existing list didn't uh, go out of the window, I think is the main answer uh, here. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't expect also a complete uh, shake-off of, uh, of um, what works and what doesn't and so on. And I think it's, it's good. I don't think we've... Uh, gotten to the bottom of the existing lists right now so and it's I, I don't really feel like there was a huge issue with what armies are out there like sure Glade stalkers they're a bit annoying sure the goblin shooting if you do it in a certain way is kind of pain in the ass as well but it's not like stopping people from going to events because ah why would I go I'm, I'm gonna see the same spam of the same stuff you know what I mean? And so the 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 game was in a, I think, pretty good place before, and it's basically in the same place with tiny touches without disturbing the balance too much, as you mentioned as well. So I think that's 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 actually pretty good. Um, Yeah,
0: definitely. I did I did check. So Trident Realm, I couldn't see any changes at all. The only thing I would mention, though, Clem, is actually in our beloved Salamanders. There is the uh, the phoenix has changed quite significantly. So, off the top of my head, I think it was 195 points previously. Is that right, Clem? Mm, I think you're right, 95 or 90. Yeah, 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 something like this. So it's now 145 points. Right. Yeah. It's still height six. I think it's dropped down in speed because I think it was speed ten. Or am I making that up? It's now speed eight
1: uh it was speed 10 you're mm-hmm. right i think it was like just a big flyer sort of yeah right because it's i remember we said oh but why because it's not a fighter like you don't really need like it's a support character in a way i mean it's always nice to be yeah. able to but with
0: unit strength one yeah 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 so it's still melee three range four defense three i don't think any of that changes um, has changed. It's got Crush It One, which it had before, I think. flying Nimble, and Regen Four Up. I think that's all the same. It's got something, so a spell or a ranged attack, uh, Fire Sparks. So it's eighteen inches, which has got ten attacks and steady aim. Right. Oh yeah, so that is a shooting attack. So that's on falls. So that's kind of cool. Um, right. It doesn't have. Um, well, it's not a spell. I think no that's more. really good. It doesn't have any. Um, uh, piercing but it's still I think that's pretty decent. I mean to take chaff off and things so so it's, that'd it's be really
1: good. It's better because so what I did is I just open easy army and I have the old like the let's say soon to be old Phoenix and I have the yeah. review PDF on the other side of my screen. So Perfect. yes, it had Fireball ten, now it does have Fire x 10. So it's range 18 instead of range twelve so that makes it actually useful. It doesn't have shattering now, though, I guess. It um, doesn't have the shattering. It doesn't have the fact that it's a spell, so you don't lose cover and individual, for example. Whereas uh, um, range attacks... Um, you do. You do. But does that matter too much? I'm not sure. The nerve increased, right? It used to be 14, 16. Now it's 16, 18. So that's oh, better. Ooh. That does make a difference. Uh, it lost two attacks. It was five attacks. It's now three attacks. And again, I think it makes sense. It is more of a support character, and it so. was still
0: heal five, wasn't it? So it's that hasn't changed. Heal five, yes, yes. The heal is the is
1: the same, absolutely. Um, and
0: then Clem. So this is super interesting. So this is an option for thirty points. So ancient phoenix. So uh, you can only have one of these. So lower defense from three plus to two plus, while also losing the nimble special rule. Change regeneration to three up and gain both the Radiance of Life and Cloak of Death special rules
1: for 30 points. Oh,
0: for 30 points, yeah. So defense two plus, but then you're going to be doing an awful lot of healing on yourself. And then you've got Radiance of Life and Cloak of Death, you don't have to pick one, it's doing both.
1: Yes, if
0: you don't just get it shot off in one turn. Um, that's super interesting it's not inspiring though I feel like the phoenix should be inspiring
1: that is uh, yeah that's true it, it probably should have inspiring did it have inspiring before it didn't
0: I mean if you're a warrior and you're not inspired by a massive flaming chicken what's wrong with you honestly
1: yeah like a gener- regenerating chicken flaming chicken right like it lost, exactly it's losing its head and then broop, it comes back so yeah no, no you're right you're right but I think we had a discussion about it, right? Like, it's oh, it's kind of weird. Like, it's in the middle between... It's not a good melee character. Like, it's not a good fighting character, but it's... And
0: it's not a particularly good support character either, if we're
1: right, honest. Right, right. Um, and I think they, they put it more in the support character, and I like it. Which just, is
0: what we wanted, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, I think mm. so
1: too. I think you're right. I, what I would want to see is heal more, or at least an option to um, upgrade the heal a little bit further and uh inspiring you're right although when i think about my salamander's list where i have a phoenix because of course i want a burning chicken in my list um uh, <laughs> i mean it's a it's a <laughs> the fire so cool yeah, of course yeah yeah it's a fire oriented list like yours and of course there's a phoenix in there <laughs> of course there is um but the I, I wouldn't really need him to be inspiring for the way you use it. So I guess it doesn't make a difference and it's better... If no,
0: it, that's fair. That's fair. If it, it does feel like it fits yeah. the theme. But Clem, height 6, 16, 18 nerve. Is that just going to get shot off?
1: I don't think so. I'm, yes, if you have a good shooting list, you can definitely take it. I mean, I have... Um, Void Lurkers, Uh, I mean it's a stealthy defense force, so it's quite different when you think about it, but um, to lightning bolts it's uh, sort of similar, and uh, yes you can take it off in one turn if you want to, but if you do that it means you're not taking something else off of the board, and it's only 145 points after all, so if you focus all of your fire to remove 145 points, uh, maybe it's not that bad of a trade-off. I don't know.
0: So that's a good point. I, I think
1: I think I like him. Uh, um, I think I like I
0: like the. I think it's super cool. It feels more interesting than it was previously.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is, to be honest, sixteen eighteen versus fourteen sixteen makes a big difference. Big difference, especially with uh, regeneration four, and radiance of life. Oh no, wait, radiance of life doesn't apply to yourself. Yes, yeah, so the I think the new Phoenix is definitely going in the direction that we wanted it to go, um, and uh, to be honest, that's the biggest change that I've seen of all of the lists. Maybe there is something that we missed. No, there is certainly something that we missed, um, but uh, we'll 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 see we'll see about it. And that means you guys uh, still have some surprise uh, when you get your book and have a look at it. Um, one thing that I noticed as well I don't know if you've seen it Chris uh, is for the theme uh, lists um, initially I, I thought that they uh, removed uh, some of some of the theme lists like made them normal lists but I was just wrong the one thing that seems to be different but again um, did I maybe before I say it I can quickly double check I think the herd used to be its uh, a list on its own Uh, Is that right? I thought it was
0: a themeless list of nature. Was it always so? I thought so.
1: If that's the case, then it didn't change because I was like, wait, the herd was always its own list, wasn't it? Nope. And then, well, can I see it somewhere here? Now that would make sense that it's a nature list. All right. (coughs) So there's probably no, no change there because I was like, oh, I thought it was a list on its own. And then now it's a theme list. but But like at no
0: point did i go and get my book to check any of this so there's me going god has this changed it's just unknowable i'm like well i could have i literally could have checked
1: i did no i did i i opened mind but every time i see something i'm like oh yeah that's definitely new and then i go back to the other book and check oh no that was just me not knowing anything about the game and then i check the list again (laughs) oh yeah, yeah that's really cool that that's new oh no that that was already there (laughs) that was
0: already there (laughs) yeah there's me looking at the Sky Lord on Scorchwing oh only 120 points and then I'm thinking wait I think it was always 120 points yeah so
1: it's it's just anyway anyway I I didn't check the Salamanders more in detail like you know go one element per one element to check how my new army uh, has evolved I mean the Phoenix definitely did change but the rest I have no idea so that 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 listeners tell you how much I care about making my list the absolute best it can be. But um, yeah, overall, I think uh, it's probably pretty similar anyway. Like, uh, let's be realistic. It's not like any changes that happen that will make me win more games. So. I'm anyway.
0: still wi- hoping to win two out of the five games I play in a tournament, Clem. Yeah. That's still my I goal. Think-
1: yeah, I think I'm. I'm happy with two as well. Like um, two wins, one draw, two losses. I think it's a really perfect score. And uh, yeah, yeah. And and yeah. As as we said also earlier, I hope my next tournaments will not be really like this because there will be ambush games in it. So you know, well, you can still win or lose ambush games, but you see what I mean. Like uh, very much so. I would yeah, approach yeah, yeah, it approach it a bit differently. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: nice. So I think yeah. so. To so the big red book. So it is something like two hundred and ninety pages, and we have mm. gone over it very quickly. As as Clem said earlier, we're really not the guys to come to for hot meta analysis. Um, it's just not how we're programmed. Even if we did have the time to literally look in and check all the changes, um, but I think what we can say is the big red book is is a, I would call it a triumph, Clem. To be honest. Um, yep, yeah, I really I, I, like what they've done with it
1: yeah i i i'm entirely happy with it like i i don't know what else I, I i would want in it to be honest the only thing
0: the only thing i would want is i just want them to codify doubles games rules and that's that is right it. right that's literally it yeah
1: yeah i mean i said 10 millimeters but i don't even expect that to be in the book it could be a pdf somewhere on the website i would be completely happy with like a blog article even not, not a pdf like a blog article hey it's come to attention, like, people... Anyway, anyway, to get back on the book, yeah, I think the um, um, it's just exactly what we wanted, and uh, I'm glad they just keep doing a great work, and I'm thankful for it, in a way, right? Like, uh, what else can I ask, be asking for as a customer uh, that they just do exactly what I want them to do? So I
0: mean, Clem, if you think back to... You know, I think we've even had two topics of the month so far. We've only seven episodes in. And we've had two of those topics of the month where what changes would we like to see in Kings of War? You know, with a slightly different take on it. But a lot of those things we talked about are in this book.
1: Yes. I mean, for what it is, which is 3.5, however you call it, they nailed it. Obviously, it's not fourth edition, and I don't hope I hope the fourth edition doesn't come too soon either. And so some of the stuff we said obviously can only come for fourth edition, like changing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. And so for what I w- was hoping this book would be, it's, it's just it's just great. I, I wanted to say one more thing is like the um, Clash of King twenty twenty two. I think it brought a lot of new stuff and a lot of changes. Right, like there were well two new army lists obviously formations. A tons of new items. Oh, I didn't review the items list. Did you? Well, if uh, items, uh, no, I can,
0: all, all I checked was that the new items from that that cock book are in there. That's all I'll say.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't check the prices or anything. Oh, had so a quick we su- Yeah. We, we we suck at reviews. What can I say? <laughs> but my, my point my point was twenty twenty two really brought almost too many things. Right? I mean, I remember I had the impression that, ooh, that's borderline overwhelming, new things everywhere. Um, And this book doesn't feel like that, it feels more like a comforting, okay, this is the game you know and love, and we've fixed a few things here and there, and made it better overall, but it's still the same thing, just slightly incrementally better and yeah one thing we need to say is the game is fantastic
0: like because we're always complaining about things right but actually and you touched on it earlier Clem is like yeah we're not the most competitive player players but having said that the game is already pretty balanced yeah there are some weird edge cases we know that at tournaments but that doesn't ever really impact me so much you know it's you know it's like me playing with you or something like that where you know Neither of us are going to try and exploit these things, and and they are pretty pretty rare edge cases. So the game is great. I think this is a a really fantastic product. A great clear up of the rules. The new stuff in there. The new ways to play is super exciting. For me, that's the most exciting thing to be quite honest. Absolutely, I'm, yes. I'm really excited about all four of these new ways to play. Is really really cool. Yes, and um, honestly, you know, I can wholly. Genuinely recommend buying this book. I'll, I'll almost certainly get a paper copy of it. We do have a copy, but I like to have a paper book in front of me.
1: Yeah, I'll probably get uh, my own PDF because I'm kind of like, and like the the one we have as like review with a typo in it in the background. <laughs> yeah, I it noticed kind of, that too. Right, kind of yeah, annoys yeah. me. It's like good job, like uh, you you <clears> kind of uh, poked me to also buy the PDF even if I already got it for free because uh, I want this gun anyway but, anyway. do
0: you know I did that with the firefight rule book as well because it had the I had the the hard copy the paper copy anyway uh, because I bought the starter box but the um, the PDF I had had a watermark for Pathfinders right and that was kind of bugging me so at some point I just well, I saw it. I'm paying 20 euros for
1: yeah, it's just that's also the that sort of thing, multimark. right? It's it's not crazily expensive anyway, and so it's supporting the supporting the game you love, so it kind of feels right to just be like, okay, well, I'm thankful to have uh, gotten it a month early to have a review of it, and hopefully you guys give you some pr- uh, preliminary taste of what's to come, And uh, but that I'm still happy to buy my own, uh, both paper and uh, PDF. I mean, paper, I'll probably get it with the starter sets, to be honest.
0: Yeah yeah exactly Um, buddy exactly and if you're a new player it it really is a great time to be getting into Kings of War
1: yeah oh yeah oh yeah Like this this rule book really is just yeah it's perfect I think it's just perfect alright should we should we move on I think I think we've said everything we could say about this book now I think so
0: buddy yeah I think so Yeah. yeah
1: So, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, some more Kings of War in the in the near future. So, that's I think mission accomplished for the book, for yeah. me at least.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you what you said I think that, that was really interesting, Clem. Was or among the many interesting things you said, was just the fact that you know thinking about the siege rules, you're going, oh my god, imagine if my abyssals are attacking the town, how cool that would be, and it's and that's what you want from a new book right it's like to think about your collection in a new way and it's you know to get your brain firing with new and exciting stuff that just wasn't really possible before you know i know there were siege rules in second edition and we could always have kind of fudged something but the amount of work that's gone into these siege rules is is you know i think it's going to be a great experience anyway we're going in circles but that's awesome
1: all right what Hmm. happened in the Warpath universe for us in the past, uh, since the last episode.
0: Warpath, firefights. Um, So, yeah, let's talk about hobby stuff first. So, I am... Right here, I've made a start on my Asterians, but by this point, I'm very much into my Asterians. Um, I'm painting them to look like the Decepticons with the bad guys in Transformers, just because I think that's super, super cool. Super cool Um,
1: scheme. Yeah, I love what you've done with them.
0: It's so simple, but... Yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah, I just... Ah, oh, man, it's, they're fun to paint. The Asterians, the, the great quality of life improvement I've made for myself is getting plastic glue instead of super glue, and that makes a huge difference.
1: Oh, oh yeah, I always uh, use plastic <clears throat> glue anyway. So... <laughs>
0: Yeah, so building them was a pain, but painting them was a joy. They're they're so good to paint. But now, actually, with plastic glue, they're totally fine to build. So that's great. So I'll be making even faster progress with them uh, in the the coming days. Um, One of my spectres, I painted it for. So I've got two spectres already painted up. One was already in my kind of Decepticons theme. Um, But the other one is kind of like bright pink.
1: Is that Wait, the Spectres is the huge guy, right? Like the, yeah, the one when the you look me- at the picture, he's like, oh, it looks yeah. like a nice model. And then you get an uh, like an infantry model next to it to get an idea of this guy. It's like, oh, right. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay pretty thank big, you. yeah
0: pretty The pretty big ones, exactly. Nice models. Um, All right. mm-hmm. And I had one, so I got them for Dead Zone, but obviously now I'm doing a firefight army. They're just going to nest in that perfectly. But one of them I did bright pink um, just because I wanted to, paint a bright pink robot as you do but Fine i'm not. kind of thinking now to myself well the so the most of the as you know claire most of the asterian stuff is remotely piloted you know like robots and things like
1: that so that i know that's that little I know about the fluff. Yes,
0: yeah. So there's like an Asterian elf sitting in a, in a warehouse somewhere, you know, on a in an planet. office like downtown, All, drinking you know. their coffee, firing the lasers. <laughs> you go, oh, right. my robot got killed. Oh, well, I'm taking my yeah. break now. Um, you know, which, which actually I really think is cool. But yeah. so this the, the specter, giant stompy robots, they're still like that. But the, the the elves have to be kind of hooked up with their brains or whatever to the robot in a much more sort of invasive way, and if the robot mm. gets killed, they also die. You know. All right. Mm-hmm. Wow, really ramping up the you know. So if you want that promotion at work, you're know, like, well, I do, but I really don't want to possibly die at work. You know. I had I've colleagues like that in the past. On me last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but. I was thinking kind of maybe one of the perks for being a Spectre pilot is obviously these guys are the most Top Gun, Tom Cruise, you know, they're the the only, you know, so they're going to get treated differently. So I I kind of felt like, well, of course, they're going to have their Spectres painted however they want if they've been a... you know, a Top Gun ace Spectre pilot for right. a while. So right. my one that's mm. bright pink and is obviously a very high achiever and he's like, sorry, I'm, I'm having a pink robot I don't care. Or she, maybe it's a, yeah, let's go with that. It's a, it's a she and she, you know, that's it. Uh, I mean, pink so doesn't have to be female that.
1: but yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I see, I, I love the yeah. backstory for your robot. It's a, uh, it's going to make it so much more interesting when I actually kill it on the table
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly right yeah exactly right yeah and uh, yeah no I painted up my proxy bomb bots
1: which looked totally fine yeah you've posted pictures of them on, on, on our Facebook group I think I think I've seen something that looked like oh that must be the bomb bots
0: Exactly, buddy.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. I think I've done about four of them, but they look look totally totally fine 3D printed. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool ones. Um, And then I was thinking about um, doing some glazing, which is a technique I don't often do with painting. Um, And then I realized I I probably about four years ago ran out of Larmian Medium, which is basically, uh, it's a GW technical paint it's basically paint without any pigments in it so it's kind of like blank paint if that makes sense, it's the medium it's just
1: a medium to carry the pigments right Mm -hmm. exactly
0: right so um basically what you do is you you then add in a color you know some pigments of you know whatever color you want and then use that as to glaze or whatever you want to do with it um right but i was looking up how much lime medium costs for a tiny little pot and it's like you know pushing eight euros and i was like my god that's a lot a lot of money right. what is actually in this what is it like so um ended up going down a bit of a rabbit hole of just you know just literally googling homemade you know lumion right. medium
1: so you played chemist
0: um, yeah exactly exactly nice um, and it's to be honest it's really really simple to make something very very similar uh, right. i'll probably put the video in the show notes um but yeah, and I've forgotten the exact name of it, but I got a big bottle of this, this stuff um, right. that was, I don't know, 20 euros, but for a massive bottle. So, you know, not cheap, but still. And then you basically mix that 50-50 with distilled water, which is not expensive. Right. right. Um, and you put a little, so um, I put it, mixed them up in a, in a dropper bottle, put in a little metal ball bearing to make, make it mix nicely um and to be honest that seems to have done the trick really really well um so then i just mix in a little bit of purple or a little bit of orange or whatever it is i want um and mm. you've got a really nice glaze so i then went back and um glazed my marauders my asterians and my forge interesting is you know, so just everyone
1: uh, yeah
0: yeah, but it's actually it's super quick. Even though that's a lot of models, it's quick and it's right. fun. So you know, any big surface areas of like
1: metal or whatever on the tanks, just like give it a little, or shoulder puts.
0: yeah, give it no, a little that's, glaze.
1: That's, yeah, that's I think the only glazing that I've uh, reasonably done, like in a bit of volume, is something similar for Necrons. You know, like the robots from right. uh, K. Like you basically prime them black, dry brush metal. Uh, like a metallic color everywhere, and then you apply... I use contrast paints uh, then to do the glazing, because contrast paints can also do some glazing. Like some of them are lighter than the others, like some are very opaque. Some of them are super light. Um, And so you can also use the lamian medium or like a a clone that you build, uh, that you mix yourself to make it a bit thinner or like not so opaque. And then yeah, it's nice to add a tint to, to models. And it's, again, like a super fancy term, like, a, oh, yeah, but glazing, blah, blah, blah. But you can do a very quick job and uh, just change the, the tint a little bit um, with a layer of glazing. It's just traditional glazing is like you have extremely translucent paint and you apply 50 layers of it to really make the craziest blends ever. Like when you paint for a Golden Demon or like a similar painting competition. But even mm-hmm. for us, like uh, grunt painters that paint full armies, uh, you can do stuff that works. And uh, yeah, mix mixing your own. I've done it for shades. Um, when I built a bunch of terrain, um, I wanted to uh, uh, use like Agrax Earth Shade or what it like is the brown shade from yeah. G W right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I basically went through a bit more than half a part of that for one small building and then I looked at what else did I have to paint and I did exactly. the math and it was like, hmm, maybe I can make something almost as good for not that much. And uh, it turns out yes it works. I wouldn't use that for models maybe, like my shade wasn't as good, like the, the consistency wasn't so good in a way it was really good enough for buildings. But, Do you um, remember what
0: you put in it, Clem?
1: No, I have no idea. I mean, yeah. I think it was uh, what's his name, Luke's APS. That has a, who has a video about it, right? Uh, I think that's what I followed. Uh, I went to my arts and su- uh, arts and crafts supply shop, like Modular. It's an amazing mm-hmm. shop, dangerous place uh, because I always. Leave a lot of money when I, whenever I go there. <laughs> uh, and I uh, bought some acrylic medium and some whatever and some whatever and mixed it and drop models. And uh, it, it worked. It's just, um, you know, when you paint models, at least for me, consistency in colors and so on is pretty important. Um, and so my Agraxer shade did not get exactly the same brown as the official one. And so, if half of the army of the models of in an army are painted with Aggressor Shade, then I don't want to use my clone for the other half because it will not look consistent. If that makes sense. That does um, make sense. And so, like it, it had pretty similar properties, and it's good and everything. So if you do everything with that clone, then it works. But it's just um, yeah, I ended up putting it just for my buildings, and that uh, it was it was fine so yeah what else did you do for uh, Firefight
0: so I also so I've been printing and this I think probably was a terrible idea but I'm doing it now and I'm really enjoying it so I'm 3D printing this uh, I got STLs for this kind of Rock Canyon set
1: oh right Um, yeah I I remember pictures of those guys yeah they look really nice they must take forever to print as well
0: they take forever to print yeah like three or four days per bit and the other thing Clem is like they are absolute solid plastic so I'm paying what like 25 euros for
1: one really oh you need to uh... change you know you can change that right in your slicer you can tell it um, adjust the infill especially for yeah yeah, yeah. I, I
0: i could do all these things Clem, but i'm do, i'm this is how i've done it so it's costing me an absolute fortune to print this stuff but i'm really <laughs> enjoying it and i'm nearly there so i'm down to the last it's like a four right. piece rock that all fits together to make like this kind of canyon hill thing um, Interesting. it's going to take like two weeks or something to print and it's boy is it using a lot of uh, plastic uh, but i'm enjoying it and i'm nearly there Clem
1: that's pretty cool i mean i'm looking forward to uh seeing it in the flesh in the plastic flesh let's say <laughs> uh end of october for our campaign weekend me uh, too, but yeah ne- next time you you print a uh, big terrain like this you can adjust the infield setting somewhere in the slicer and i think for some of those pieces anyway we can we can discuss technical that stuff definitely would time. have been
0: a good idea it would have yeah. i think doing that would have saved me literally 100 euros or something
1: yeah uh, yeah you i mean it's uh it has to squeeze uh, less plastic out so obviously you pay less for plastic also it goes faster yeah right? totally, totally a little bit anyway yeah, we can we yeah. can have a discussion i don't
0: know i don't know whether and i appreciate this is not the 3d printing uh, section um, i've got an anycubic viper which i'm very happy with overall but um like literally three times now um, i get this error message that there's either something wrong with the sensor or The filament is empty. So there's something Hmm. wrong with the filament sensor. Any cubic who as good as gold. They, you know, I send them an email. They send me another sensor. But it's literally we're on like the third time now that the sensor's gone bad, and I've had to order another one. Um, Hmm. They send me it for free. But yeah. I don't know whether it is a weakness with the model. Because other than that, I'm really, really happy with with uh, with my printer. But that is kind of annoying. So it does keep stopping yeah. at the moment um, until right. I get the new sensor through. That is yeah, kind let, of a
1: pain. Let's have a look when I come and visit. But uh, yeah, I guess maybe there is a weakness somewhere. Like uh, they just send replacements and that's it. That's how you solve it. And uh, I don't know. Those machines are, I mean, they've come a long way. I remember 10 years ago, that 10 plus years ago even, like the DIY machines, like it was crazy. (laughs) It was a fun hobby project to build the machine, right? And like you were trying to build like print a cube, uh, like sort of two specs and it never worked and just it was a catastrophe. And now you can buy a machine that out of the box basically prints properly, sort of, like not all of them, but I mean, it's amazing what they can do. And resin printers, oh my God, it's just like, yeah. Anyway, anyway, digressing again digressing
0: and, and i will just well, well we've digressed now so we're in it clem it's our it's our podcast damn it we can do what we like right hold um, it but that's a point we talked about previously where the first 3d printer i got was a cheap one because i was like well i might not like it that was such a mistake because you know the amount of manual um you know just getting the print bed just right i literally yep. with this one it's got an auto setting you yep. just literally don't have to worry about it and honestly, it's hours and hours and hours. I was painstakingly, and you know me, that doesn't quite suit my personality, painstakingly making tiny adjustments for 40 minutes before I printed anything. And now, yeah. no, I don't have to do any of that stuff. So yeah. it's, cool, it's cool. I just wish I didn't have this weird sense of problem. But yeah, Makes what sense. about you, Clem? What? What? And, and sadly, I haven't played any games of anything in the last month, tragically. But yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, so... Yeah, so f- Firefight is what we're talking about now, right? Um, yeah, firefight. So there's still the um, the slow grow, like blackjack legacy slow grow. that was kind of like, oh yeah, why not join because I have a GCPS army to build anyway. Um, yeah, I, I signed up for uh, organize, like doing demos uh, last weekend. Uh, well, actually, yesterday. What day is it today? I'm I'm lost. It's a three day weekend in Germany, and now I'm I'm lost. Anyway, like uh, this Saturday, I uh, I played some demo games uh, with the club. So what we do is every every two months or so, we book the, um, the tables in our local friendly gaming shop, Battlefield Berlin, and we organize demos for uh, several systems. This is basically volunteer-based among the people in the, in the club. And uh, yeah, I just signed up for uh, doing firefight demos because I wanted to... Um, Get more people involved with it. And uh, that's one good way to achieve that. Um, and um, my plan was to play GCPS versus Plague. And as you know, I had some GCPS in boxes. Uh, but not assembled and even less painted. And so that's what I've done uh, in the past uh, the past couple of weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I basically... Uh, built a list for GCPS like for 750 points for the demo um, and I really had no idea what I was doing when I built the list and I think it kind of shows in how the list is built um, but you know that that's a starting point and I thought you know what I want to play with my new army like GCPS and the people attending the demo will play with the plague which I think I made a pretty good list for it and they're gonna kick my butt and that's perfect for demos so anyway I I, I just went on with it and was like yeah the list sucks but it's fine I'm I'm gonna learn how it works or doesn't work and and that's fine Um, and so and I painted about like the 750 points literally in the past week Uh, again primed black and then it's all white with the airbrush and then contrast paint uh, like two shades of green the same shades I'm using for my Plague uh, some flesh, some black for the boots and weapons, uh, basic uh, stuff for basing, and boom, the models are done. Like to get them to tabletop ready, it's good enough. Uh, I'll go back probably and do some, you know, like the the helmets that they have. They're like integrated visors and so on. So maybe I'll paint a few lenses and stuff like this to make them a bit more evolved. But they already look really nice. I mean, I'm so happy with literally like three evenings worth of painting work and I have a painted army. How cool is that? Like, thank God for speed paints, a like contrast, and so on. It's and, super um,
0: cool. And the other thing I'd say is, I mean, obviously you were helped by the fact you knew what you were doing because you are basing them off your plague army, right? But yes. I think... It's just going to look so cool with them up next next to your plague, you know. It just definitely just does, so, yeah. So cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's really what motivated me, because initially I thought, okay, so plague, because, yeah, just uh, like them and why not, just go for it. And then what's my second army? And initially I thought Marauders, because I love Oryx in general. And in the end, I went for GCPS, because I think the playstyle will be quite a challenge for me because they, they just don't play the way my brain works. Like, they're a shooty... Like, you really need to organize stuff well. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. But also, I thought, how cool is it that next to my plague, that they, they really are a cohesive force. Like, it's really like, in my mind, at least, the GCPS is like the not-yet-eaten-by-the-plague um, people, right? Like, And all the plague are like, come and join us and like go and eat brains and stuff i just i don't know it just makes me giggle it's like not, I, I i like it I,
0: I think of it as like it's this isn't a battle this is like the last stand of the survivors right you know that's that's what's happening in my brain which is a totally different thing which is I, super exciting i love
1: it yeah for me it really uh, adds something on top of it and uh, so that that part was really nice and so for the demos um, so, the way we do it is we do three games in the day. So, we have three two hour slots in the day, uh, and people book it in advance. Uh, and the, so, the first guy sent me a message the day before I'm sorry, I have a call, so I'll stay home tomorrow. He's like, Oh, great, I'll sleep in Saturday morning. Thanks but he that sent up. that
0: message at 1 a.m. or something, right? Which makes me yeah, to, to believe. I'm not yep. a cynical person, but I would very much assume he's got in from the pub. Feels a little bit uh, worse for wear and thinks, "Do I just clear my diary for tomorrow and lie in bed and feel sorry for myself?" Yes, that's what I do.
1: Yeah, it's great. uh, I mean, he's a free man, right? As long as he's, (laughs) I support. I support that. To be honest, as long as he sent me a message reasonably well in advance, like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm not going to make it." then it's fine. I'm happy with it. He uh, hasn't
0: left you in the shop for two hours. On Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Especially, you know, how how much I love mornings. And uh, so given the ability to sleep in on a Saturday morning, I mean, 1 a.m. was the middle of the afternoon for me, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm joking. But anyway, so first guy didn't show up. And then the two other uh, demo people, they did not follow my plan. Uh, Because both of them are already interested in Firefight. And both of them already kind of think, oh, I'm going to build a GCPS army. And so they wanted to play GCPS, which they did. Um, And uh, so, first of all, I realized I forgot one model, which is really bad. Um, I had a Strider in the GCPS list and it's not even just that I forgot to bring it along I did not even paint it like I had completely forgot about him oh Uh, no yeah yeah just it's home like I left it home but I didn't even paint it Um, and so I just adjusted the list on the spot like I removed an aberration from the plague and it's about the same cost as the strider but it also kind of messed up the balance even further (laughs) in favor of the plague Um, because then, well, they did have some uh, heavy weapon teams and stuff like that, but not that many tools to deal with the Plague Lord from the Plague list. Um, And also, obviously, I knew a little bit more what I was doing with playing the Plague, Uh, and also I was playing with not entire entire beginners of the system, like they sort of knew the rules a little bit already and their experience, war game is both of them. Um, So I failed at doing a demo where you lose your game when you play your demo out of uh, courtesy for the person who's uh, coming to check the the game. Uh, I didn't like smash them their faces to the ground like it was still like we played till round four or five both times and it was fun. Uh, But uh, yeah I I thought uh, I thought I would play GCPS and I didn't. But now I, I see a bit more I think how to build a GCPS list I think I really know now what I want to do with the plague, and plague is just a delivery system for monsters, literally. I think like, the zombies are completely useless and uh, they just clog the uh, opponents and like uh, every shot that you put on the zombies is uh, a shot wasted because you should have shot the monsters instead. And uh, yeah, the Plague Lord just murdered anything he touched, like instantly. It's just crazy. It's probably even worse at a low level point. Like a, a low point level, sorry, um, to have a strong model like a plague lord, but yeah, it was just uh, just very very strong, and uh, yeah, overall, again, super super happy with Firefight. It just plays, uh, plays just right, you know. Like uh, I love the 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 command um, dice mechanism. The terrain interaction is great, and uh, yeah, we had a, we had a great time with the demos. And so now I think I wanna um, well paint the Strider <laughs> and uh, paint a few more models to uh, take them to a thousand points and um, so that I can bring them to our uh, gaming weekend end of October. And uh, yeah, that's about that's about it for my firefight, uh, my firefight fun for this uh, <coughs> since the last episode.
0: Just very briefly, buddy. So you talked about sort of some changes you might want to make to your GCPS.
1: Yes. Could you could you
0: t- touch on that briefly? Of the kind of things that you might do. Right.
1: So I think I understand a bit better what the various entries in the list can do or are supposed to do. Um, and again, I'm probably wrong about it. Right. But I think the recruits. They're sort of like the zombies in a way. Uh, meaning you can get a lot of bodies for not that much points. Like a unit of 15 or recruits or something, which is what I had in the list. 15 recruits plus the leader. And even with a big guy, it takes an quite an effort to remove them from the table. They won't shoot so much or they won't do too much damage on their own, but they are like foots on the ground and they will you know score points and stuff like this and so i think yeah recruits i would see them more as a like the zombies like to keep the opponents busy like will they waste shots and offensive power against those units that have like a lot of grind right yeah um and then the rest of it I think a lot plays around the um, assault reaction because one thing that's pretty hard with GCPS is their gun, like the standard laser rifle, whatever it's called, it's 18 inches in range. And 18 inches is nothing. Like, plague charges 12 inches. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so if you want to get in shooting range... It means you're gonna get charged almost next turn or something, right? Like you, it's yeah. not like you, exactly. you sit you sit at the back of the table, and, and you got four and turns and of do, shooting at that aberration
0: you, until it gets you.
1: Yeah. And you do exactly, and you do a gun line, and it's like, yeah, come at me, bro. I don't give a shit. Like just <laughs> just walk forward. I'm gonna thin your lines. No, you need to get get in there so that you can actually shoot. Um, and uh, but the thing is. Most of the GCPS infantry units have either suppressive fire or controlled fire assault reactions. So right. you know the way it works, right? Is whenever you are charged, if you are if you have the special ability that lets you do an assault reaction, and you haven't activated, and you haven't activated, that's also very very important on how you play stuff. Um, then you can do your assault reaction. And so suppressive fire is basically you blaze away at the target, right? Something like this. And controlled fire is you do a normal shooting action at the target. So if you shoot on force normally, like uh, the elite, like the veterans and stuff like this GCPS do, that means you're actually pretty good. Like you, you, you might put quite a lot of shots on the charging unit. And... Um, And I think that's really... Like, you really need to play around this quite well. Like, make sure that whatever is in range of being charged... Like, you need to get in range to shoot. And then kind of uh, bait the opponent. Like, if you have a a, a melee-oriented opponent, like the, the plague. Like, I'm thinking again of the scenario how my GCPS can play against my plague. And so I think you kind of want to bait the chargers to charge into... A unit that can do an assault reaction that works, like so, controlled fire is probably the best one. Uh, and so that means they need to be the first to move forward. They probably want to still be kind of inside a building or in defensible cover because that's always good. Like they, their armor kind of sucks the baseline, so you kind of want to have that. And uh, and and yeah, just. Um, have them shoot down the charger, like, and do some wounds that will count toward the the um, assault results. And um, I think that's uh, that's kind of that's kind of how I want to approach it. Like, um,
0: and then have some more stuff behind them.
1: Yeah, and so kind of have several units like this that you can feed uh, the charging enemy, and so they have kind of have to take that charger. that's the only charge that they can take. So obviously they will take it. Uh, because maybe, especially people who don't really know yet too much how the game works or don't have that much gaming experience with it, maybe they'll think, oh yeah, I can charge 10 marines inside a building. Uh, that I mean, I'm a melee guy. They're shooty guys. I can kill them easily, right? And then you get to do your assault reaction, and then you shoot at the charging unit, and you thin the... Like, if it's a big monster, uh, you cannot kind of fucked because the big monster is very high armor. And uh, even if you remove um, three um, hit points out of the five that the Plague Lord has, mm-hmm. well, it will still charge you and hit you with the full strength. But if you have a charging unit with 10 guys, and before they even make it into combat, you shoot down three or four of them, then instantly it changes the melee fight that happens right after that. You know yeah. what I mean yeah and I, I and I think there's something there I'm not hundred percent sure how that's gonna work exactly I think it's still gonna be pretty uh, pretty touchy to make it work in practice but I think there is something to do uh, with them and I think I, I I really like it in the sense that it is a uh, there is a challenge and yes it is a shooty faction but it's not like the like the the shitty gunline faction like hey i'm doing a castle like in my corner of the table and i don't have to move from there i can just destroy you from a distance and there's nothing you can do about it you know what i mean like I, i'm not talking I know exactly about what you mean. i'm not yeah. talking about taos in uh, 40k but i am right or like <laughs> similar extremely shooty factions in 40k where you know what i mean like you play against a shooty army. It means you're gonna have a bad time because you know they're gonna do a castle somewhere. And yeah, unless either, you use
0: either you absolutely smash them because you can, you know, get into melee combat quick, and that you they then they have absolutely no chance, or you get shot off the table before you get
1: there. And yeah, for exactly.
0: That's like, gonna be a bad time.
1: Exactly. Like either way, someone is winning not because of tactical skill. Of no. I placed my shooty units well, and I handled the threat of charge as well. Or on a different level, maybe I guess I never really understood how that works in details. But for firefighting for GCPS now, I think okay, I think I see where the challenge is for the shooty part of it, and I think I know how I could make it work with against plague in particular, and that really excited me a lot. Like from the tactical perspective, really. Yeah, you know. Oh, I'm excited listening to you talk about it.
0: Sounds really cool.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. The other thing that I thought about them is. Um, um how you know there was a question how to differentiate the recruits from the Marines from the veterans and so on and uh, initially I thought oh I'm gonna change the gun and blah 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 but it's kind of hard to really see on the table and mm-hmm. uh, what I do- what I've done in the end is the recruits have the kind of open helmets so you see their faces and they don't have the kind of weird backpack that is on the kits as well. I don't know if you... I'm not sure if you've seen the sprue or if you know what I'm talking about. But um, So they kind of look more like they have less equipment, the recruits. And that, I think, kind of makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and the normal Marines do have the backpack and do have the fancy helmet and so on. But the thing is, there are also Rangers and veterans and so on. And for those guys, I wasn't too sure what I would do. And I think I'll just do a different paint scheme. That's uh, That's my latest thinking. Um, I think like I, I'll paint some black ops, you know, like uh, bl- gray and black stuff. Uh, and that would be my my veteran guys, I like special units, special force or something like this. I think it could also be quite cool because then for Dead Zone, that could be like a, you know, a separate kind of unit. Or like for scenarios, you could play them differently. Like, uh, kind of building in my head, okay, this is how I want to expand my GCPS. And that was also quite exciting um so yeah yeah a lot of a uh, lot of stuff and uh, now i just want to play more uh, i want to play more of them and uh, build more of them what so, you could also
0: say clem is if they're painted slightly differently which makes everything you've said makes total sense you could say you know in the fluff oh they're from a different corporation or something like that or you know they're from Maison
1: labs or absolutely you whatever you like. yeah. Yeah. yeah you can you can use them slightly differently later but even like in say a a 1000 point or 1500 point army like gcps army i think now i feel i would feel okay with having like one or two squads that have a slight, like a different paint scheme like not the various shades of green that i have but like the like the grey gray urban camo guys maybe or like black ops like black and grey um, um like armor and and, and so on and I think it would still look cool on the table and still look coherent. Like, I can explain that to myself. Like, there are the recruits, like the like the green guys, like, literally, uh, like, figuratively and literally green guys. And they're kind of overwhelmed against the plague or whatever opponent they have. And then there's, like, the additional veteran unit that uh, is brought to support them further. Something like this. Anyway, all I'm saying is... Um, One Saturday afternoon of playing Firefight, and I'm even more excited to play and build and paint more of that afterwards. So that's pretty, pretty cool. Super cool.
0: Super cool. Yeah, what a great game. So yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Pod Community member uh, Peter Swift, who um, I think basically spontaneously, I think he was painting. So he was he's been out of the hobby for something like twenty years. And he, on a whim, picked up an Armada box set. So he was painting that. Had a look for a podcast to listen to while he was doing. And uh, happily came across our podcast, Clem. Nice. And then, literally a month later, um, he went down his local friendly local friendly gaming store and was giving Dead Zone demos. So he's fallen down the rabbit hole. And, um, yeah, way to go, buddy. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's just, just perfect. That's... Uh I think that's uh, exactly how to approach the hobby, and uh, welcome on board. We're glad to have you. Uh, we're glad to have you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we certainly are. And Clem, the world holds its breath. Have you painted your dead zone terrain? <laughs> What's your guess? <laughs> well, I know the answer, but I just want to give you a hard time on the podcast.
1: I choose not to. <laughs> <laughs> choose not to answer. <laughs> uh, no, I, honestly, I chose to not to paint it. Words. No, so. I mean, uh, if you look at the Facebook group um, from from the the podcast, I've posted a bunch of pictures from the demo day. By the way, if you want to see the GCPS and plague uh, next to each other and so on, uh, that's where you can find the pictures. Uh, And also, there's a bunch of Mantic terrain like from the FLGS, and it just looks awesome. And uh, every time I see it, I'm like, dude, why don't you just paint yours? It's just just put some white and gray on top of it and. And a few action colors, and boom, it's done, and it just looks great, and move on. And so, I've, I've, in my head, I've done one more step toward having them painted. In practice, I haven't. Are you satisfied? Quite satisfied, yes.
0: Yeah, I think those the but Battlefield Berlin, the way they've got the dead zone terrain and, and firefight terrain painted, it looks amazing. Um, yeah, it's great. I think I'm going to... The the stuff I've painted already, I'm going to try... And it's a technique I've not done before. I'm going to try and do something called an oil wash. Um, oh, yeah. Because I'm mm-hmm. not that happy with how it looks now. Um, and I meant to do an oil wash this weekend, but I think I bought the wrong stuff somehow. Oh, uh, that's too um, bad. Yeah, something weird happened when I tried to mix oil with some, uh, some white spirit, so maybe I've, I've i've done something wrong it's definitely my fault uh um, are you sure you need I, to mix try it?
1: that no i think you don't mix it right it's it's not like water like acrylics. like you know in acrylics paints you put water but i think with all paints you you definitely don't use uh white spirit though it's only to clean it and so, so if you want to thin thin the paints uh, i don't think i'm not sure maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong
0: yeah, uh, I will check the YouTube video. I definitely did something wrong, so I will check the YouTube video again and uh, hopefully have an update next uh, next time I do listen. Nice. But it's cool, like, trying new painting techniques, which is not something I, I normally get stuck in my ways, the same with cooking and things. Like, right. I tend to have, you know, five or six go-tos that I'm happy with, and I just tend to do them again and again yep. and again. That's so it's it cool works. just doing, trying new things, just, just trying crazy new things with painting is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, Cool. So I don't think we really have anything to say for, for Dead Zone
1: this month, Claremont. Um, I don't think so. I mean, the only the it. only thing I have in mind is, as I mentioned, it's, it's more coming from Firefight. Like, developing my GCPS Firefight Army kind of makes me think more about, oh, I could also use that in, in Dead Zone later, and that will be so cool. Uh, and I think it's also part of maturing the... Um, you know the scenarios and the fluff in preparation for our uh, gaming weekend end of October um, because there will be a lot of dead zone then right so yeah it's kind of more in anticipation in preparation nothing too concrete or factual to talk about today about it but next time definitely
0: but really exciting really really exciting amazing cool um, cool so I'll just mention quickly then so uh, kings of war champions which is the the bootleg game i'm kind of working on or not because i don't have enough time um the only thing i have done is i have made a legitimate board it looks terrible with just i've literally got a ruler and a paintbrush and gone whoop 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 and drawn the squares but it works um, nice. and then the only other thing i've done is i, I got my um northern alliance my riff forge orcs and was kind of like moving them around going oh this looks really cool uh, and and I was thinking it would be cool if there was like a thrown weapon special rule. So like if you've got a throwing spear or a throwing axe, if you're charging a cube before you actually make the charge, you, your guy can basically throw the spear and then charge. So you almost get like a free little attack, um, which I think would be really cool. Um, and that's literally all I've done on that. So, you
1: know, basically the game is nearly finished, Clement Perfect. Yeah, isn't it's, it? it's I mean, great. Yeah, you can, you this stuff writes training. itself. I think that's uh, that's also very historically accurate, isn't it? I think that yeah, uh, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Viking or whatever, or a Roman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Romans Three. as well. Like yeah,
1: the, exactly. the the what's Like the spear they have or something. It's actually when they charge, they throw it, and so it kind of stabilizes the opponent, and then they can uh, exactly kick their ass yeah. or something like that. So that that
0: was it was, it was super clever as well because the the spear, the the tip of the spear was I think made of a very um, a very uh, bendy metal so they couldn't throw it back like basically you throw it once and then it's useless which is really smart
1: right nice yeah Yeah. by design
0: but but yeah but that's basically as far as i've got so clem very quickly then because as always we push for time um our slow grow salamanders project
1: how are you getting on so i spent quite some time to figure out What I wanted to do for my bases, I think, since last time, since the last episode. Uh, And I ended up uh, going for lava after you convinced me from Dino Monster Land or Island or whatever. Yes. Like they are fire based and so on. I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I mean, lava bases are cool for a reason, right? Like they look awesome and and so on. And uh, yeah, so I basically built um, my modular. Lava bases um, for the salamanders. I also built all of my fire stuff, so like the scorch wings, the fire elementals, the phoenix. Uh, what else do I have? The great uh, greater fire elemental. All that stuff is built, and then I realized, oops, I signed up to do GC like uh, fire demos, and I have zero GCPS models at all, like not even assembled, and so I, I spent time doing that instead. Um, so yeah I, I literally have assembled Zero Lizard so far um, so that's next on my to-do list and uh, yeah I I, I think I, mo- I modified the list a little bit like I have a version 0.2 now that I still have not played on the, um, uh, UB? UB2 nope not yet just too busy doing other stuff in life uh, so maybe I should do that at some point but I haven't hasn't happened yet, and uh, yeah,
0: I feel like having a test game before our big battle though is like cheating, you know.
1: <laughs> you say you say that, just yeah, but you, you're probably right, throw aren't? it out there, throw it no, out you, there now, casually. I, I won't have played a game with them before our, bat- you, our bat- battle this month, you're Clem. probably right. No, I mean, this, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. That's an interesting uh perspective to say, you know, what I built an army from zero to 60. Never played a single game with any of them it's just uh, go with it and and just see how it goes like how bad it goes that's uh could be an interesting concept
0: you're describing literally every army I've ever done
1: I know I know but yeah so I, think, <laughs> I think yeah we'll see'll see. We'll see how that one goes I mean it's still um I'll see how busy I will be between now and what is it uh, uh, 20th three of october weeks. or something
0: yeah 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 we got about three, three weeks, weeks i think buddy
1: yeah if i if i come up with something i'm happy with to paint the lizard i think it's going to be easy peasy uh but if i'm not happy with the lizard then i'm in trouble and uh but i'll see i i, I think i'm, I'm still uh, i'm still on track i mean i know Once you're done with it right fast right yeah yeah absolutely i mean the fire is always uh, fun and easy to paint I like play, uh, painting fire because you know what to do and it looks awesome and it's easy. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, and you're basically done with your salamanders, right? And
0: pretty much. Yeah. So I've got one of the list I've got now. I've got one large infantry base to make because I've just run out of them. So
1: oh yeah, I know someone who can do something for you in the. <laughs>
0: yeah, thanks, buddy. <for> you know, <laughs> should yeah. put, uh, put our, something
1: in the in the mail. A mutual soon as friend. I can. Yeah, I'm yeah, mutual um, friend.
0: And other than that, I've got two regiments of the actual salamanders to do. They're not in the list anymore, but I've got them built and primed. I was using the resin um, add-ons, but... Just gluing them on, I
1: found miserable, so
0: I kind of gave up on that. And I was like, that's not it. I'm just so wait, the way the resin. I don't
1: know for like uh, ceremonial guards. Ceremonial and, guard,
0: yeah.
1: And what, uh, unblooded or something? No, what else? S-
0: yeah, I don't know. I know it was ceremonial guard, but to be honest, I'm just you know, it's my life. I'm just going to use the system I've adopted. Is I've glued like big big uh, shields onto bases. And I'm going right. to use that to show which is which because they all look very similar anyway. To be quite honest, so yeah, yeah. I've, just, I've just decided to do that c- because you know why not? Um,
1: and then make tons of money yeah. by selling the resin bits back on eBay or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> quite possibly, quite possibly. Right, right But right. yeah, so so now yeah, we do. I think we're doing pretty well on that. I think as as you said, Clem, like when it clicks with you, you'll. Suddenly, go really, really fast. Even though it seems like you haven't done much so far, you know you'll suddenly just fly with it.
1: Yeah, that's how I am. So, what else are you? Yeah. So, the what's your next step for the salamanders? Like, do you have anything else in mind for? Where would that take you next?
0: For the army, I think to be honest, once I've done, so I'll have about three thousand points, just under three thousand points, completely done. Um, at that point I think the project will sit there I'm working on the Asterians now probably the next army I do will probably be Plague for Firefight right. I, I imagine because oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to doing that Yeah. Um, and then probably the next Kings of War thing I do I do still have a few bits and pieces for my Rift Forge Orcs so I need to finish up right. um, but probably my next big project will be the Plague and then kings of war wise it will probably be when the twilight king come out to be honest
1: ok so our next slow grow is a uh, twilight king whenever they come out is that what you're saying
0: I think so buddy yeah to be honest yeah
1: I mean yeah. that's a that's a deal that sounds that sounds good yeah I think the salamanders obviously I wanna I wanna paint the stuff that I have and like build an actual playable army and play games with them obviously uh, as much as I can and uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm tempted to also make a 10 millimeter version of it. Um, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that because I, I thought about bringing a 10 millimeter version of it end of October just to force you to also make it.
0: That would have been so funny though if what, had what you ended up th- with your army in the wrong scale. <laughs> that would have been extremely funny. <laughs>
1: Oh, no, I know I I'll bring the twenty-eight millimeter stuff, but I I think I will bring also ten millimeter stuff uh, for you to uh, actually give it a try, like. Uh,
0: we both um, know if I try it, I will very quickly be doing it. It's just a question of tra- trapping me into it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So no, I'm just fair warning, like one of your surprise uh, birthday gifts is ten millimeters. Your centimeters. Uh. List, yeah. I need you to send me your list, by the way, so that I know exactly. Seriously? Yeah, of course. Oh, that's so kind of you, buddy. Yeah, it's kind of too oh, strong. strong arm you. It's to strong-arm you into 10mm Kings of War, but I'm sure you're going to love oh, it. Oh,
0: no. Obviously, there's loads of strings attached, but that's still super cool. Yeah, of course I'll love it. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing, buddy. Thank you so much.
1: So I think that's uh, that's ah, about it for our boy. slow grow. So next one is uh, Twilight King, and we also have the, the same slow grow for 10mm so yeah that actually
0: I mean, sounds really cool be-
1: you kind you of beat time. me yeah you beat me to it for 28 millimeters. like you literally finished painting them painting yours before I actually painted or even primed a single model of mine well
0: I think you've painted one base and I've got one base to paint I think that's uh, that's,
1: that's about it. it No, it's, it's also it's a test model I know you don't believe in test models but it was a test base and I've thrown it away because I was not happy with it so, oh no. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm back to zero now. Yeah, so that that's Okay. That's uh that's a win, I think <laughs> for the first uh <laughs> for the first uh, first uh, stage. Uh, let's see if I can catch up for the 10 mm. And uh yeah, and then Twilight King and I think that's it for our slow grow. I mean, the other thing is we could go do slow grow for Firefight or something else. Let's think about that maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe I mean maybe we do that next with um you could do your marauders and I could do my plague when we get to that
1: point but yeah that's a good you know. point yeah that's a good point yeah. I kind of like the you know like doing slow grow our way which is not slow but that's like, cool yeah, yeah yeah it's I, I, I yeah, like yeah, I it like I like it way. And I like doing it yeah anyway it's uh, fun things fun things ahead
0: so should we move on to panel law
1: yes so I have to make a confession I did not take time to read whatever we agreed that we would read so I will just, I will just listen to you BS me about oh, there's the <laughs> islands, <laughs> and then <laughs> oh the stuff. dinosaur
0: says to the giant right. spider, hey.
1: right, right, but um, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No worries. So I read the law in the Dead Zone rule book, and uh, the core law stuff, and I read the law for the Forge Fathers in the Firefight book. Um, and I right. said I would also read the Twilight Kin Law, but I forgot to do that. So, um, Dead. Z- so, Law and the the Dead Zone uh, rule book is, um, I mean, very much as we would expect. You know, it's very, very obviously, very, very similar to the stuff in the uh, Firefight book, uh, as you'd imagine. Um, one one thing I thought was kind of interesting was it mentions that Earth has been destroyed which I thought was actually quite interesting. And it's oh, probably I think that's probably okay. quite a smart decision to make if you're making a new sci-fi world because I think it would be if you want a clean break from the world as it is today just saying the earth is gone you know it's probably right. quite a smart way to do that right because otherwise you're dealing with lots of legacy things that you don't necessarily want to deal with.
1: Right. Um, and then you get into yeah too close to history right and say Oh, which one of the nations actually exactly. won the last exactly. World War? It's like, nope, exactly. didn't happen. It's gone now. It's uh, Everyone forgot about it. And we have a new clean slate to work from. That's okay. Good. Good to know. Yeah,
0: which is cool. Um, they It goes on quite a bit about the Mandrake Rebellion, which I must admit, I don't find as interesting as the plague stuff, but there's loads of stuff in, in there about the plague. Um, it explains sort of how the plague is actually seems quite selective so you know when it's let's say for example a plague lord is just a normal dude one day and then the the plague you know seeps out of an ancient artifact and it's like um it targets specific people we don't really know why i think mantic are leaving it deliberately very vague but like i think that's really really cool so that maybe there's um you know, someone who's a psychopath or something or has mm. special skills and it, it deliberately infects, you know, for example, like Strider pilots, for example, deliberately infects, right.
1: you know. So there's kind of uh, a sentient... Spaceship
0: pilots. Is, is
1: that, like, there's a sentient aspect to the plague or... Yes, exactly.
0: It? Yeah, there seems to be a, a sentient aspect to it. Exactly. Yeah, hmm. exactly. So, yeah, I think that, that sounds pretty cool. Um, the... Forge Father's law is just as silly as you would expect it to be. So, the the beginning of the universe was, you know, the Big Bang in effect. That was the Forge Father's God creating everything, and therefore the Forge Fathers think they uh, they own everything because their God made it. So, interesting. that Their whole thing is just going around, you know, melting down planets for their resources because everything belongs to them. Nice. So that's actually quite a terrifying, you know, genocidal, you know...
1: Psychopathic... Uh, yeah,
0: exactly. So they need to be... To be honest, we need to be stopped sooner rather than later because they're just destroying suns, you know, they're mining stars, they're destroying planets... They're they just they're just breaking everything down to dust and and taking it with them basically. Interesting. Um, there was a, a quite cool story, but it was probably a bit overly long about um, the the Forge Star, the fate of the Forge Star, which is weird because the fate of the Forge Star box I've got was uh, Forge Fathers and Marauders, but this story is basically Forge Fathers. And they don't realise how big a problem they have with the Viamin and the Viamin come out and, you know, eat everybody kind of thing. Um, So I thought that was a bit weird. Maybe maybe I'm getting that somehow wrong somehow, but um, Hmm. it was okay. It was okay. The best stuff in there is definitely the the plague stuff. Um, But the Forge Fathers, um, they live quite a long time, so they become, you you know, master artificers or, you know, they really have enough time to really hone their craft and become masters at building stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, although the Forgefather's style, you know, things look very kind of blocky, underneath that, they are unbelievably sophisticated. And, right. Um they're selling, they're kind of semi-secretly selling tech to the Council of Seven. They're basically the ones mm. who make all the enforcers
1: kit. Right. But so... Just, just wait a second. So there are different species, right? They're not human. Yes, yes.
0: They're humanoid, They're humanoid, but different, but human. different
1: species. But how big are they? Like in the sense, like do they have like three planets, or like uh, thirty systems, or do they only live in spaceships and they just pillage? While going so, around the galaxy, like, I think the- it's
0: called the Star Empire or the Star Realm or something like that. So they have, okay. like the kind of like the Asterians, they have their bit of space where um, you know they have quite a few planets um, that are that are um, settled, and then they just basically go around in these massive spaceships, um, mining other planets and stuff, and just basically taking, stripping them for resources. Um, so presumably, around um, the Forgefather's home planets is a load of like just completely dead space because the Forgefather's like hmm. some kind of psychotic beaver has just destroyed everything.
1: Right. Um, so they're not really expensing expanding uh, throughout the universe like they have their home world, but they go around and they just suck up all of the resources from those pla- uh, other yeah, places. Yeah, exactly. To bring so back I home. think
0: their their whole religion means that their their destiny is to basically just end all existence. Mm-hmm. That seems to be there, which is very weird, but that seems to be their thing. Um, but the, the Council of Seven and the GCPS are actually, they really don't want to mess with the Forge Fathers because they're really scary. Um, and obviously they've got the deals to get Enforcer's gear and all the rest of it. So I mm. think the the GCPS doesn't, although obviously it's not one unified thing, um, right? Really doesn't want to mess with the Forge Fathers anytime soon. But the the GCPS is many times bigger than any of the other galactic empires. Okay. So compared to the G- GCPS, but the Forge Fathers and the Asterians are actually pretty small fry. You know, they're very powerful, but they're much smaller.
1: Mm. And so, what is in what is in it for the Forge Fathers when they do a trade deal with the GCPS, right? Like if you said they have the advanced tech, and they kind of like all, live on their own, and they don't really—I guess you don't see Forge Fathers on GCPS colonies or something. Like it's not like. A, no, you, you know, don't.
0: No. Um, so, although having said that, in the—for example—in the Star Saga board game, one of the characters was a was a artificer i think but yeah you don't you they don't tend to mix i i don't think i might be wrong on that but i don't think so but mm. the um yeah so there are some forge fathers who aren't happy with the idea of selling tech to the aliens to to the right. to the humans um but they get they're getting tons of stuff right so i guess the the council of seven know what the forge father's like and then maybe they're allowing them to you know open hand to to mine planets or they're giving them tons right. of money or wealth or whatever it is that dwarves mm. space dwarves like um, they're getting tons of whatever it is they like
1: right yeah I'm just trying to figure out a bit like how friendly or not friendly they would be toward GCPS for example like the other factions I can understand a bit what makes them tick to figure out how they would you know place uh, themselves in relationship to other other factions but okay no, so I'm
0: kind of So, I think for my Forge Fathers, I'm kind of imagining that they are part of, like, a long-range... So, basically, they they might have one big home ship, like, mining ship, um, and then maybe a small fleet of other ships, too, like support Mm -hmm. ships and fighters and stuff. And I'm kind of imagining that they're just on a long-term, kind of, mining slash, you know... You know, they're almost on on a... you know, like the Starship Enterprise, except with more mining and more dwarves. Right. know, They're off. They're off to kind of explore slash, uh, you know, you know, mine things, and um, they're kind of they've been away for a long time. I think is kind of what I'm what I'm
1: Right. I see know? what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, that's um, that's an interesting thing. Now, I, I kind of want to also check the what's it called, like the Mandrake uh, Rebellion. Yeah. Um. I'm curious to read a bit about it I think my takeaway also from the firefight and like the Warpath fluff is a lot of it is kind of like open-ended and it's kind of like okay you know we've done some basic work there and then it's up to you guys to kind of build more on top of it Um, I don't know I mean I I think I mentioned to you like um, messaging I listened to the um, um, counter-charge podcasts about uh, like narrative stuff and fluff and, and so on with authors. I think it was more um, Kings of War authors stuff, but maybe I'm, 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 I didn't follow up everything. Oh no, they also mentioned uh, Warpath stuff. But anyway, so kind of gave me the impression, oh yeah, it's it's quite open. Like uh, if you want to write a novel about it or like uh, come up with your own stuff, kind of feel free to do it. Right? I mean, we already knew. Well, it's your game. If you want to tell the story differently, just do it. But uh, I think it goes a bit further than that. It's uh, There's a lot of open-ended aspects to it. And um, in a way, I think it's interesting, right? Like, uh, I means we can kind of cherry-pick which parts we like or which parts are inspiring to us. Like you mentioned, like the plague. I think we both love the plague stuff and how it interacts with the crazy galactic capitalistic empire and, um, you know, kind of... Uh, twist the uh, uh, history of mankind around and just go from there and build on top of it i think that's uh, pretty cool stuff to do so definitely
0: and in my mind i don't know whether you agree with me clem but i see i think this is the last days of the gcps i think it'll i think it'll take a long time but in my mind i just i think it's kind of at its zenith now and it's you know the seeds for its downfall are already sown you know whether it's you know, I, I don't think they're going to defeat the plague I mean, it talks in the book about um, Obviously dead zones and containment protocols And how they're doing research into um, How they can beat it Either by controlling it A la Maison, yeah. you know, the kind of stuff Maison Lamps does But I always think back to, you know The the abandoned worlds that You know, we, we, we don't know what happened Yeah Yeah um, but, you know, I, I think, that, you know, the humans are really smart and sneaky and and very inventive and, and often at their best at times of, you know, of yeah. dire need. But, yeah, I kind of feel like the GC, you know, the in in a few more millennia, there'll be another species approaching the Asterians and going, oh, all these worlds are abandoned. What happened there? And the Asterians right. are like, oh, don't, don't worry about it, buddy, but don't go don't, go don't near go the there. Death
1: Ark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it makes sense I think that's one way to look at it my eternal optimistic side kind of want to say nah the GCPS and humanity will just uh, get over it and uh, like survive this and transcend it and do something else and it's just kind of a narrative trick it's it's so big whatever comes after that, I can't imagine it and so you imagine something that just ends you in a way you see what I mean yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against humanity post GC like being gone after GCPS but I don't know it's, it's an interesting thing though like to kind of imagine the unimaginable uh, what happens after so yeah I don't know interesting interesting cool. stuff yeah. should we move on to the um, to our next section what is our next section Chris
0: our next section buddy is listener questions and we have an actual email
1: Right. Oh, yeah, that's true.
0: So, do you want to read it? Friend of the pod, Peter Swift. Hi, guys. So, as promised, here is my question for the next podcast. You mentioned in episode six the possibility of having sub factions of the GCPS, all with a different style/slash spin. My question falls into several parts, like all best questions do. So, one, how many sub factions do you envisage when thinking of this? to me the obvious choice is seven one for each uh, council member two if sub factions were to be created what sort of theme or flavor would you really like to see three how would you go into differentiating different groups and making them distinct and four given how much you have discussed the plethora of armies and kings of war and how you feel that number should be reduced would creating multiple gcps subgroups lead to a Uh, to a danger of the same thing in dead zone slash firefight i hope this makes sense and provides a few interesting points to consider keep up the great work guys and i look forward to the next episode cheers peter swift this message will self-destruct in 30 seconds maybe
1: Ah, cool Cool question thanks uh thanks peter for sending it in and uh, i think it's a really really good point really interesting thing to discuss
0: Really, really interesting to discuss. Yeah, thanks, Peter.
1: So where do I start? I think I, for me, going from zero or let's say one to seven um, doesn't really make sense, right? Like it's it's not uh, black or white. And I would say, why would you even add sub-factions, right? Because um, I me, talked
0: about it previously on the pod.
1: <laughs> no i mean it, it makes sense I, I i support it uh right like um uh make firefights uh, richer and richer and so for me it's it would be about you know making a few more fluff elements to give more directions to you as a player when you build your army so maybe how you paint them or what kind of um um, army list you can make for it and so on. Uh, for me, that's the reason why you would have sub factions. Um, and so, I don't know. Maybe like the current GCPS is like the standard, standard issue stuff. Like it's the that's the baseline, right? Like uh, when anyone in the human universe thinks of GCPS, well, that's what they think about. And then, one by one, or like whenever there's m- something needed from like a new novel from the book or like a special campaign, like, you know, like a big narrative event next summer or something like this. You can add a special uh, GCPS faction like it's kind of based in the fluff or in something happening to the universe. Um, and yeah, it could be coming from, again, like a big narrative de- uh, development in the universe, like cor- um, this corporation... Is doing something, something special in that planet, uh, and therefore you get a special kind of GCPS. Like I don't know, maybe there's a very interesting resource that can only be found deep down under the oceans or whatever, like on on a water planet or something. And then you get blue GCPS because it's water, it's blue, and uh, they have kind of a nautic theme, whatever that means, or in the rules or divers or whatever it is. And, uh, or maybe the special resource that they found gives them special powers or special um, like um, specific troops or specific units. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe that could be a few new uh, resin bits to customize the existing sprue. Or like a special kind, new special kind of vehicle, or special kind of uh, weapon platform, or something like this. Um, I don't know. That that could be an angle. And then, that what does that mean? It means you get the snow GCPS, you get the desert GCPS, you get the water GCPS, you get the urban environment GCPS, uh, all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of like. Um, um, I'm not not sure if I I like the comparison, but like Space Marine and Space Marine chapters, right? So Um,
0: I was going to make that exact
1: same comparison, yeah. Yeah, like Blood Angels, why do Blood Angels exist? Well, because red is a cool uh, colour to paint your models, and so you start by painting them all red. Okay, what does red bring to your mind? Well, kind of red is blood. Yeah. Vampires, got it. The bloody guys and well, blood is like when you smash someone in the face in melee. So, okay, maybe, well, that could be the archetype of the Space uh, the, the space Marine's Blood Angels, Well, they're melee guys that like blood or whatever. Boom. That, I don't think it goes that yeah. much further. And then, of course, there are thousands and thousands of fluff and pages on top of it. But the starting point, I'm sure, is nothing more complex than this, right? I, I agree with you, yeah. And so I think it's similar for GCPS. All I want to see is... Not just uh, green standard issue, like military stuff for GCPS, which is sure that's what they are. But I'm sure you could have like, as I said, like desert uh, style stuff, jungle style stuff, um, snow and ice uh, theme stuff, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and for me, it's just oh yeah, I wanna definitely wanna paint a yellow like sandy color GCPS, and then. I paint them like this because they're from this corporation working that subsector of the universe on those planets and they find this kind of stuff and blah 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 and the stories that go along with it. That's it, right? You don't need that much more. But immediately, instantly, oh, I don't really like the green color scheme. Well, but I love the desert color scheme and boom, I can go with this one. It's the same for space marines. I personally hate the ultramarine blue. I think it's an awful color, and I never want to paint any of those. I have a decent-sized blood angels force because I love I love painting red. That's it, right? Doesn't go much further. I also like it can go it can go further, but it
0: often doesn't. No, I mean
1: no, but that's the starting point, right? Like it's, yeah, for me at least, I think that's. that's where uh, it could go. And as I mentioned earlier, like, for my own GCPS army, like, I really made me think, yeah, I also want to paint, like, black and, you know, like, special ops, like, black and dark grey, and maybe, you know, like, bright green for the lenses, and, you know, like, the stealthy elite dudes, and like, oh, yeah, that sounds so cool. I want to paint a unit of those. And boom, that's it. Like, that's, that's the story. That's... It's not even a sub-faction. I agree with you. Like, I'm... The way I plan to use them is for veterans, but maybe if you push the concept a bit further, then yeah, it could be uh, like elite GCPS or like um, intervention GCPS or like a secret something GCPS or like a secret uh, special ops uh, GCPS Mason Labs or whatever. You know this kind of stuff. Who knows? Yeah. Or so like I, the Inquisition. Sorry, I'm I'm talking a lot. You should. No worries, write. funny,
0: No worries, buddy. It's it's nice. It's you for a change. So I yeah I think you've you've touched on a lot of the to, the topics, and in fact, I was going to give the Space Marines as an example. So um, so that's interesting. So I think the best example is the Maison Labs because that's something we know Mantic have done, and I think they've done really well, right? So Maison Labs. I think will be in Firefight, and obviously they're already in Dead Zone.
1: Yes, so absolutely, that makes sense. Be... Yeah, I want to see Mason Lab as the next Firefight faction, or yeah. the Rebs, right? Rebs are also GCPS, yeah. or yeah. sort of.
0: Yeah, I mean more or less. You can you can do them however you want. You could do them as renegade GCPS. You could do, you know there's loads yep. of ways you could do. It. But the so if we just if we use let's use Maison Labs as our example, there is interesting law and rules reasons that Maison Labs is its own distinct thing it has cyborgs it has zombies because it's doing these horrible science experiments right so it has a reason to exist it's got cool law. it's a cool idea but it has a reason to exist um so you know the the lazy thing to then say is okay well there's another corporation that specializes in you know, training via min. You know, that would be the really lazy way to go with it, which is just basically the same idea maze right. Maison Labs. But so, but we know Mantic tends to work that way, right? Where, it, yep. you know, whether it's Kings of War or or, or Firefight, it'll look at the models it has and try and increase the sales of them and go, well, obviously it's an easy way to do it. Yep. What I'd like to see, Clem, actually, is actually um, in the rule book or, you know, whatever... I'd like to see, like, basically a traits, like a corporation traits table so that you can yeah. make your own corporation, give it whatever name you want to call it, you know, Quinson Incorporated, whatever you want to call it. Right. And then, okay, well, my corporation, I kind of have an idea that they're from the second sphere. They're not a super old corporation, but, like, they're small, but they, they, they're quite rich yeah. And they specialize. They kind of punch above their weight because they've got really good tech. They're illegally buying some Forgefather stuff. But so they they're small, you know, they're a very very elite low model count kind of a force. Right. And that way you can kind of paint them up however you want to. Maybe yeah. you pick like there's some kind of um special rules and you get to pick one, you know. Yeah, like, like you choose your faction
1: orders. Trees your faction orders are different your commander special orders are different for the Exactly
0: exactly yeah. maybe maybe even the, the list building is maybe slightly different that actually yep. you yep. maybe you can't take recruits you know maybe yep. you can take Absolutely you know. yeah so all, all that stuff without completely changing it um, but just allowing because the beauty of space marines right so there's kind of they've got two things going on is they've got some very distinctive paint styles and it's really easy as you said Clem to go well I hate painting blue but I love painting red right I'm, I'm the blood angels right I've I've picked and then there's also lore and everything to go with that but also they've been clever enough to go well there's loads of other chapters that we don't even know what they're doing so make your own your models how you want to make your own exactly so yep. Yep. maybe and Peter makes a really really good point is to be honest, Clem, we could bash out seven GCPS factions in a couple of hours that are okay. But where do you go from there? Like, you know, I think only add stuff if it's genuinely an interesting. The Mason Labs are very interesting for the game. Like, yeah, they're they, unique. They play they're very unique. They, well they are in the unique. They play unique. They feel unique on the table. They are. It's really, really
1: interesting. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it adds to the universe as well. I mean, to to answer also the question of, oh, for Kings of War, we say remove the number of factions. I I think that's not exactly what we say. We say, yeah, maybe some of them could go, but mostly why would they go? Because we want them to refocus on Mantic's own IP and kind of strengthen the universe. And so adding some sub-faction to GCPS is in the end the same thing. It's just making a stronger backbone to whenever you play games. And so for Kings of War, there are maybe too many factions. And so if you want to make it stronger from the fluff perspective, you need to recenter, refocus some of them. For GCPS, for Firefight and GCPS, I think it's the opposite. There could be a few more factions or a, a, a bit more open-ended aspects to it. And so creating more sub-factions, I think, in the end, is the same thing as removing some in, in, in Kings of War. Um,
0: But as well, like, you know, even if we look at the Council of Seven and go, "Okay, let's start coming up with names. These are super shadowy things, right? And I'm sure they don't officially exist. So, um, you know, I think, you know, the Council of Seven themselves would utterly deny there's even a Council of Seven, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, what might be cool would be if there's... Let's say, for example, you had a... a, um, Fire Faction that was in the Council of Seven. Um, well, maybe they could take Enforcers and
1: they could take GCPS units. Right. Yeah, I'm sure you could do real cool stuff like this. Yeah. And another... I think another angle to look at it for sub-factions is... Um, I don't know if you know Bolt Action, like if you know the rules a little bit. Yeah. Um, but so... Basically, the army list in Bolt Action, you have a ton of stuff. Like for let's say the German uh, book or the US book that I have, you have basically every entry for every period of the war. And so there's a lot of stuff. And then you have uh, a ton of what they call theater um, selectors, like theater books. And so you can buy like a campaign supplement for but whatever like uh, the battle so of if you're stalingrad. fighting in north africa or stalingrad or whatever they'll have different kit right exactly and so instead of having the let's say the 50 kind of vehicles you can take well if you play northern africa you can only play the three that could be there and the rules for list building your platoon like your platoon selector um, is entirely different because historically speaking there weren't any I, I'm, I'm talking out of uh, my mind. There were no flamers, whatever. I don't know, maybe that's <laughs> not true. but mm-hmm. Or there were no heavy tanks. Just,
0: let's just, and, pick that, just pick an example and run with it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so it means if you build a list for this theater selector, you are not allowed to take any flamers, even though it's in the list. And you are not allowed to take this kind of heavy tank, even though it's in the list, in the generic list. And so it's sort of like theme list from Kings of War, but it's more like a, a sub selection of what you can get from the, the the master list, and I think it's it's pretty cool. It's um it's a very interesting way to do um like a different flavor. Like you still play a U.S. Army, for example, but it's not a generic uh, U.S. Army. Uh, it's kind of disconnected from the historical aspect of it. It's no oh no, I know exactly. I can only build my list this way or that way to kind of fit more the story, and I think you could do the same thing in a completely um, like sci-fi uh, imaginary world. Like uh, we're not fighting GCPS like the generic and TT. We're fighting on this specific planet, on those events from the universe, and for in those events the context is this, this, and this. Meaning, I don't know. Like there's a Strider factory on that planet, and so they're tons of striders but there's not this kind of other stuff so would this be a global campaign
0: maybe like a, like a cookbook for for firefight dead zone
1: maybe yeah i mean I, we've, we've talked about it definitely the next thing i want to see developed is mason labs in firefight like i want to see what uh, mason labs is in firefight and i think there's tons of potential and i think they could do a super cool campaign around it um yeah yeah maybe and
0: maybe all this could go in the app Clem yeah it's wildly ambitious app so yeah. I, lo- I love that idea because I think it really freshens things up so you know it might be you know let's say the Forge father- Fathers they can't get tanks to this particular planet yeah or we're fighting actually on a giant space station and you can't get tanks onto it you know like, right Yep. absolutely and we have to refresh how we play and try new things and and let's yep. be honest buy new models
1: yeah yeah or like it's uh they're like it's an assault on a big mason like complex like a big uh, big facility and so obviously you don't have flyers you don't have tanks you know like it's a different kind of uh, combat layout or like industrial cities or something like this whatever uh, just come up with the story and then roll with it
0: and i'd like to see i mean i've kind of had all kinds of crazy thoughts because the, the setting for firefighting Dead Zone is so incredibly broad, right? As you said, Clem, it's it's deliberately open. And so, you know, I think of loads of different tropes. So, you know, think about, you know, maybe there's some a religious cult that, that rejects technology. Or, you know, I mean, you know, there's androids. Or, you know, we, we talked about this loads, right? There's so many right. different possibilities. Right. Um, but I think it would to introduce maybe it's more reasonable to do these kind of things in Dead Zone but um, I think it would have to be a like the Maison Labs which I think is such a great idea. It would it would have to give something to the game that the game doesn't currently quite have. Um, right. I wouldn't just create new factions for the sake of it. Having said that I do like my, my own idea I mean I would wouldn't I um, about having that kind of a selector, you know, for your GCPS, yep. you know, yep. cr- almost create
1: your own. Um, I could, mean, because I think that's a nice idea. Yeah, I think that could work. I, if we talk about like adding factions to firefight, the nameless don't exist in firefight yet. Definitely. That's something that could happen. The rebels also, um, although we mentioned it's pretty hard, maybe for the, the plastic sprue, but I mean, they will. Hopefully, they will keep developing this universe, and there are tons of ways they can do it. And I think, back to the original question around the sub factions for GCPS, from their perspective, I think it's just a new way to use the existing kits and maybe releasing one or two new things on top of it, and it gives another angle to get get into the GCPS. And I think that's uh, that's why it could be interesting for them. Uh. But yeah hopefully we answered the, the question in the the four sub questions uh, from it <laughs> um,
0: yeah and um, again we we absolutely love this kind of interaction right so thank Peter yeah. thank you so much for sending that in we really appreciate it and uh, oh and Clem uh, and we are we've run out of time um, one thing we haven't mentioned yet so we're gonna have to completely skip topic of the month we'll do it do it another time though because I think it's important uh, yep. Clem we what we've started doing Mup, join the fun on uh, Facebook and Discord absolutely Um, yeah that's true so we've done this the last two Friday nights um, and it's Discord video chat and we've just done some hobby stuff and we're lucky enough that some really nice people have joined us for it uh, yeah. So it's been really, really fun. If you're interested, please do check out the Facebook page because um, it's, it's been great. It's been really, really great. Really nice people, very friendly yeah. and relaxed and everything we would want it to be, right, Club?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I love the, <clears throat> the social aspect of the, the tabletop hobby, right? Like the, you go and play games with people and you chat about all this stuff. And uh, hobby hangouts like this, so basically you just join a, a video chat and you work on your own projects it's one part of it right like it's uh it's just you you meet up virtually but still meet up with a group of like-minded people and you do what you like and you chat about whatever you're working on at the moment and what, whatever is going on like it's really a social element that i i really really enjoy about the hobby um and uh, i think the, those hobby hangouts are a great great occasion to do that so yeah just uh we're not super organized uh, let's be honest Um, I guess we might end up doing it um, every now and then on Friday evenings Germany time Um, we've been squatting Discord server from my local gaming club maybe we could do it in another place in the future I don't know although works there why create an empty Discord server just for that or yeah and uh, yeah super cool and I hope uh, uh, to do more uh, regularly and have people join and uh, join the fun I mean I'm happy with the name we found for it. Isn't it great? Like, uh, map join the Fund. I think that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly what it's about. So perfect. Yeah, name.
0: exactly. Yeah, and funny enough, Clem, I've never actually done something like that before. Yeah. Um, oh, that's and interesting. It's so nice. It's. I mean, we're just so lucky that uh, we have such lovely listeners. Um, but uh, it's just it's great it's really good really enjoy
1: it yeah yeah we 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 do them sometimes with uh, with the club like similar on discord and everything and uh yeah i really like it it's uh you know instead of uh, listening to a podcast or when you run out of podcasts to listen to uh you can just join a live live uh, group and uh, chat with people that's also pretty cool um yeah so join us next time
0: nice yes please do dear listener check check out our facebook for the details. So, Clem, we are past time and we didn't even speak about the topic of the month. Have you got any shout-outs or anything else you want to say before we conclude the show? Buy the Big Red Book is what we're saying, right?
1: Yeah, I think I'm excited about the Big Red Book. Uh, You guys probably should be excited too. Uh, Get it, get your ambush lists ready. Let's organize ambush events. uh, uh, Newbie welcome. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. What's on my mind,
0: Clem? One thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about the law and uh, all the rest of it is actually, um, I don't know if you know, but on Facebook there is a like a short story writing competition type thing that they run. Um, Formentic. I forget the name of it now. Yeah, it's sort of semi-unofficial thing. Um, right. And uh, uh, a few months ago, just completely randomly, I spontaneously decided to write a dead zone slash firefight short story. Um, cool. Only one other person has read it, and uh, I did it in about two hours. So uh, maybe I need to reread it. Um, but I, sorry, I'm just going to put that up on the Facebook page. Yeah, and see, you should. You know, I'm just going to cool.
1: get it out there. Yeah, just yeah. The, there. the the um, Counter um, podcast episode that I mentioned earlier—they uh, kind of talk about it as well. I didn't really know that uh, Mantic was doing it, but it's pretty cool. I, I like that the community is. Uh, of uh, taking this uh, topic in its own hands like uh, yeah. for whoever likes uh, this stuff I, I think it's cool uh, if you want to write more fluff and, uh, and, st- and cool stories about the universe just just do it just do it and go for it and I like it yeah Ronnie
0: Bard of Manticore I think it was anyway Clem we're at time thank you so much again for joining me and thank you so much for joining us dear listeners And um, if you want to write us a theme song, please feel free to. And if you want to design your own Dead Zone maps, check out our Facebook page. And please send them to us. Um, Clem? Till next time. Anything else? Till next time. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Cheers to your listener.